Comic Clan and welcome to Comics in the Cross. This is issue number 14. And we of course are Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I am one of your hosts for today, Cross, along as always with my partner in crime, Nitro. What's up everybody? Hey, and to the chat, thank you for everyone that's already joining us. What's up Batman, what's up Jay Sanchez? Thank you guys for coming along and being part of this. Um, I hope you were able to hear that music, because like, last week we had issues with that where I accidentally muted everything. I think everything went without a hitch today, which... I don't know if that scares me more than anything. Like Usually we have hitches at the start, and today's actually going pretty smooth, so... Yeah, we legitimately fixed all of our issues in less than 30 seconds. It was fantastic. It was yeah. A change of pace. Yeah, it's a good change. You know, Usually if you've not been in the chat before, we tend to have technical issues like 30 minutes before we start. So, every week. <laughs> it's, it's nice to not have that this week. Um, so, for you guys that are joining us, thank you. You're actually catching us at the start of a three-part series we're going to be doing. We are going to be taking a look back at the early 2000s superhero movies. This week, we're going to be starting off, obviously, with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. And possibly the, the superhero series that started everything. That started off the superhero trend that we've got going currently. Um, yep. And these are all pre-MCU movies as well, so it's going to be interesting to see how, looking back and seeing how they looked prior to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's going to be a cool change. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I'm, I'm hyped for this. I'm super excited. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. Before we jump into that, just a little bit of housekeeping as always. Um, first of all, right above my co-host there, you can see our sponsor, Gamer Grind Co., the number one coffee for gamers hashtag on that grind i'm going to drop a link in the chat for that if you want to go ahead and get some amazing coffee then please by all means go ahead and click on that link you will not be disappointed by the flavors of the coffee i have been, loved them every single month i get a monthly subscription of it now um, and it's absolutely amazing the coffee just tastes so good if you want a good one to start with go for headshot that is still to date my favorite one and um, i just love it nice strong coffee and when i've got two kids and one on the way you need it you yeah, really, you need a, you just really a gallon of it. Um, hey, Infinity Bros in the house, and I'm eating right now, but I had to stop by and say hi. Hey, I'm assuming it's Isaac, because usually when Infinity Bros pop in, it's Isaac. Um, if you want to check out the me? episode where Isaac was actually on the show, make sure you hit up our YouTube channel for that. Yeah. I'm going to throw it in the chat as well. Um, but for our sponsor as well, yep, if you go there, click on that link, make sure you use Comics and the Cross to save 5% on your order, pick your, yourself up some good coffee, as well as getting the Comics and the Cross coffee mug and sticker, you know, you want stickers to put in places, we got you covered. Don't know how there's a, I know how there's a massive outcry for that right now for stickers, you know, that's that's what's going to get us through the, the issues that are going on right now is stickers. We will beat COVID-19 with stickers. Yep, there you go, man. We'll beat them all with stickers. That's how we do it. Um, also as well, if you're wanting some merchandise to rep Comics in the Cross and show that you're part of the comics and uh, the comic clan, I need to change the thing for this because I've got it as merchandise and like try to type merchandise quick while you're talking doesn't work. Um, but that, merch. Yeah, I'm gonna need to change it to merch because like typing merchandise quickly is not working for me. Um, but Dude, that was horrible color, so I would I would just murder it every time. So that's our Teespring store. You can go there and pick up the Comics in the Cross T-shirt. And um, you can get a variety of colors, variety of sizes. Although for some reason I went to like check them, and like one of the blues you can only get like two sizes on it. I have no idea why. I don't know if they're out of stock of stuff right now, but um, we're just that popular, Ross. Yeah, that's it, man. So you can go get that your t-shirts. Yeah, you can go that. You can get a pair of leggings. You can get a hoodie, and you can get the poster from the um, Square Go episodes about a month ago now. And um, Nitro did up a Square Go poster, so you can go and check that out. 
Um, also as well, if you do feel like sponsoring us financially, you can of course sub to the channel if you choose to. You can use your uh, Amazon Prime to sub to that, or you can use the lowest level, which is four ninety nine a month. Or if you feel like following us on our Patreon and supporting us that way, you can click on that link and support us for as low as $2 a month. And six different tiers on that, each of them obviously comes with different things. And But you want to throw a couple of bucks our way and keep the podcast going, we greatly appreciate it. As we say every week though, that is not a necessity, I want to mention it because, yeah, I never mentioned the Patreon because nobody went on it and then we got a supporter on Patreon, I'm like, oh crap, I should start mentioning this more. <laughs> um, Alright. So one of the big things that everyone is looking for this week, before we delve into our topic and we delve into news, is this is a last Sunday for the giveaway. Next Sunday we will be announcing the winner of our giveaway. If you do not know what the giveaway is, there's no giveaway. There is a giveaway. Why are you telling me there's no giveaway? <laughs> How dare you, Stream Elements? Yeah, Stream Elements is jumping in. I tried to mess a bit with Nightbot and see if we could use Stream Elements. So Stream Elements thinks it's got priority now. So as you can see, Nightbot has popped up with something and Stream Elements went, no, you've not got that. Stream Elements is trying to trying to kneecap Nightbot. Yeah, so apparently this is going to be the issue for the week is I've got Stream Elements up fighting with Nightbot. We got some drama. We got some drama you between know. Stream Elements and Nightbot. Especially considering by next week we'll have neither of them because I'm using a totally different one <laughs> I'm currently setting up for us. So this is going to be fun, apparently. Um, but we are doing a giveaway, contrary to Stream Elements' beliefs. Um, we are giving away an amazing original art piece from Nitro he has been working on. It's going to feature 30 Batman busts um, from a variety of different people who have wore the Bat costume from different universes, different storyline and um, cartoons. He's going all out with this. He's been working on this for a while. We are officially closing the day on the 30th, so you have two more days to either sub to the channel or to become a Patreon. This is a giveaway that's going to be for subs and Patreons. And that's literally, you can go in with an Amazon Prime sub. You can come in with the 4 sub or you can hit us on Patreon for $2 to be part of this giveaway and um, whoever's on those right now we have two people on it and mm -hmm. if you want to become part of that we will be doing a live drawing next week and here is the bus let me put it up this is the the updated one that nitro has sent me it's still got two batmen to be added it's going to be 30 in all there's 28 on it currently and um, because each of these is super detailed he's been working his backside off to make this so this is the current giveaway this is what it looks like yeah, just a heads up. Each one of those takes anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour, so that's a that's a that's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. So he he's been putting a lot of work into this, and I, I honestly what I've got on here for Stream Elements isn't probably doing it justice. Like the pictures are a lot better, high resolution than what's popping mm -hmm. up for that. And yeah, and just, the poster is going to be sixteen by twenty, so it's it's humongous. Yeah, this is going to be a big picture. It's high resolution. It's got all the different Batman on it. Um, I can see on there we've got like you know the old school Neil Adams Batman, the original Batman, Adam West Batman, um, we've got Lego Batman, Jim Gordon, Dick Grayson, Dark Knight, Ninja Batman, Azrael Batman, the Batman who laughs, Red Death, you know. Red Meg Death is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, that's I such a cool outfit. It. But like there are so many on there, and this is going to be a giveaway. And whoop. I can, I need to learn what to click. I really do. I keep hitting the wrong things. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so we are giving that away. Next week, we'll be choosing our winner. Um, and the reason we're doing it for people who either sub or people who are Patreons is literally because Nitro has been putting so much work into this. Like, he is... This man's still working. This man's got a family to take care of. He's got young kids, and he's... 
he's, he's taking part of his Sunday to come on here and ramble with me for a couple of hours, but he's also <laughs> still doing this on the side as well. Um, and it was his idea to do it. We didn't ask him to do a giveaway. He said, I'm going to do this and do it as a giveaway. So I want to do it just as an honouring to him because he has put so much work into this and it's a piece that would cost a fair bit of money and, you know, you're getting it for not that much. Um, yeah, and, and it's almost wrapped up. So we got two more left. I'll probably do some rearranging to it, make sure everything is unified and looks good, um, and yeah. it'll be done. So yeah. So if he gets that to me before next week's stream, um, I'll go ahead and yeah. post it on social media just so you guys can see what the finished product's going to look like, so you know exactly what you're getting. Um, but yeah. So if you want to be part of that, just either sub to the channel or hit us up on Patreon, and you will be added to that list um, of people who have got the ability to win that, and we'll be choosing that next week. Yep. All right, so before we delve into our big topic for today, let's hit up on some news, because there's actually been some big bits of news this week. Um, let me pull it up. All right, so I'm going to leave that until kind of like the end. All right, so first of all, let's talk about this, because we kind of mentioned this last week, and we kind of talked about, you know, the rumors going around this Flash movie and what's going to be happening with that. And rumors were really out there. Um, about Jeffrey Dean Morgan being in talks about playing Flashpoint Batman. Yeah. Out of nowhere, apparently Michael Keaton is in talks to come back to play Batman in the Flash movie. Yeah, that got me. Where the heck did that come from? I have no clue. <coughs> he wasn't even he wasn't even running. Like he's always been a fan of having played Batman. He's always referenced it and stuff. It's not yeah. you know, it's not like he was ever against coming back. There was petitions out there for him to play the older Bruce Wayne in a Batman Beyond movie. Mm-hmm. Which I'm still all for if he's up for that. Yeah, so I follow a couple like uh comic book inside news uh, <clears throat> channels on Twitter and they keep posting images of Kingdom Come Batman. But I've also heard that um he is actually coming back and he's going to be donning his original outfit. That being said, I I don't know how they're going to do this. Like I have no idea what they're going to do or how they're going to do it because I mean he's if it's in, almost if, like 70, like he's not almost 70, but he's I mean he's pushing some age. Yeah. I've got some chat and that'd be awesome though. It's like yeah, I mean like I'm all out for Michael Keaton coming back. I don't know how they're going to do it. Like I know Flashpoint Batman's a lot more of a grizzled Batman. Mm-hmm. But I'm like he's not you're talking maybe 50s yeah early 60s and keaton's starting to kind of push it on so it'd be interesting to see if he could do that well yeah i mean they had a throw they, I, I know people remember this but they had a throwaway line and i think it was justice league alfred was talking to batman he was talking about how life was much simpler when there was exploding penguins or exploding whatever yeah. so like they, oh, they hey ads thank you for coming along and thank you for the host brother we appreciate yeah, it as friend. always thank you for joining us today so they referenced the burton verse in Zack Snyder's Batman so like it's obviously at least semi-canon so I don't I think there's going to be some sort of multiverse-ish quality to this Michael Keaton thing and I, I just don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna play it well that's it the question for that as well is like are, is it going to just be another multiverse Batman it's like obviously the big talk was Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Flashpoint Batman who's literally the only Batman that really shows up in the story apart from Bruce mm-hmm. like right at the end yeah, it's like the, Jeffrey D. Morgan playing it would make sense because he played mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne, obviously, and Flashpoint Batman's Thomas Wayne. Yeah, is it just going to be another multiverse Batman, or are they going to bring him in as Thomas Wayne Batman, or are they going to like? Because I don't know what they're doing. They've said they're using Flashpoint like very loosely, so I don't know yeah. what Flashpoint's going to look like. I just I, I don't feel know. Like I feel like DC has a really good grasp of their multiverse. I feel like 
Marvel has a multiverse and it's cool and it brings some cool elements in, but I think DC that's a that's a foundation for DC. Oh yeah, DC is so all think... about it. any of the big events in DC. If you want to look at like pretty much any big event, it's all been multiverse related. Yeah, like literally, I... Crisis on Infinite Earth got rid of the multiverse. Infinite Crisis brought it back. Um, you know, it's like Flashpoint messed with the timelines and more about Rebirth reset everything. Even yeah. in the comics now, it's very much like a. Oh, do you think that existed I... in canon? Why not? I just think maybe it did. Maybe it did. You know? I think if they're smart, because you have people that like Batman versus Superman, but you have people that like the, the Tim Burton Batmans. Then you have people that like the Dark Knight Batmans. I have, I just think if DC is smart, they and they play their cards right, there is a really cool opportunity to do like a threaded multiverse here. If again, the interesting you gotta thing, gotta make sure they do it right. Well, that's the interesting thing I was <laughs> thinking about because people were talking a lot about it. Like they've already hinted at multiverse with the DCEU Flash. Because yeah. Ezra Miller's yeah. Flash appeared on the Flash TV show during the Crisis on Infinite Earths event. He met face to face with Grant Gustin's Flash. Yeah. Like, and he was like, it was Ezra Miller on set, full mm-hmm. Flash attire from Justice yeah, full League. Full Justice League outfit, yeah. It's like, so they've already heavily hinted at that, that there's this massive multiverse. So, yeah. I mean, I'm all for it. Um, going over to the chat, um, yeah, it's like uh, Jay Sanchez. It's just a rumor at the moment, and um, that he's in talks. There's nothing officially been announced for him being in the Flash movie. It's just rumors at this time. That he's in discussion, and um, they should do Batman Beyond. Yeah, like that's my big one for me. Like I think I'm pulling with everyone. Like he needs to play the old grizzled Bruce Wayne with from Batman Beyond in a live action, um, and it would definitely make money. Yeah. I always thought in yeah. Flashpoint Thomas Wayne became Batman, so Keaton doesn't really make sense. Um, Grant needs to replace Ayers. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like Ezra as the Flash. Oh, I know no, a lot no, of people don't. No, I know don't. a lot of people. No, don't. you don't. I do. No. I do. All right. So, all right. Let me let me let me just rephrase what I just said. So, I like him as the Flash. I don't like the way that he was written in Justice League. But I, I don't like some of his dialogue. Well, basically, there was one character in the movie that was basically handed to Joss Whedon and went here, write everything he's going to say because yeah. like that character literally was written by Joss Whedon. <clears throat> Yeah, so that's exactly why I don't like that. It's like, no. I mean, I love Grant Gustin's Flash. Don't get me wrong, I'm getting fed up with the TV show. It's dragging on a bit now. Like, I'm, It's like, okay, you do something different. You're really not. You're no. doing the exact same thing. Um, and I agree, Batman. Like, you know, it's, I love the Thomas Wayne Batman, but this movie has said it's very loosely following Flashpoint. So, like, literally, Flash is probably going to go back in time, save his mom, change the timeline like he does. But, like, what happens when he does that is probably up in the air at this point it's probably like completely all up in the air i just like going back to what i was saying though like i I really feel like dc has a really cool opportunity to not only set itself apart from the mcu as far as how they approach their movies but bring in all these different pockets of fandom and and coalesce them into an entire like mega fan base you know yeah i mean everyone's got something to love yeah yeah you have the christopher nolan fans like diehard christopher nolan fans you have the tim burton fans you have the new Joker fans, Joaquin Phoenix, who would jo- love the jo- for him to be tied. Joe Schumacher fans, R.I.P. Joe Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, bat nipples. What? Sorry, <laughs> like for that. And bat butt. Um, Don't forget the bat butt. <laughs> Somebody posted a gif of that uh, on Twitter, and they said, "Man, them cheeks slapped." But anyways, sorry, I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, they have a they have an opportunity to make um to make a, like a huge fan base. Uh, and just coalesce everybody who might have different opinions on their favorite Batman, favorite like movie thread, all that stuff, and just 
they have they could squash fans. Oh yeah, see Not if they, I want to see that happen. But see if they had they had the resources to pull it together. Like they could put together such an amazing multiverse. Like all the different TV shows you could do the CW TV shows, the DC Universe TV shows, the mm-hmm. stuff that's preparing for HBO Max, the old movies, the old um, Batman and Superman movies, the uh, even the Green Lantern movie that you could pull everything together. The DC EU, you could literally pull everything together. Like. Crisis on Infinite Earths, like the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths tried it, mm-hmm. and it just... Fell flat. It just fell flat, because it was literally cameos. They had a five-episode thing. They knew what their story was and went, hey, let's get random cameos. They freaking, yeah. what's his face, Burt Ward, that played Robin in the Adam West Batman series, as a random cameo. Had him walking his dog. Yeah. Had him walking his dog. <laughs> the person who got the most airtime that was a cameo was literally Tom Welling from Smallville, so Superman from Smallville. Yeah. He got a lot longer than anyone else, but like that was it. Even then, it was like ten minutes. None of them were a major factor. Like all the main characters that had to like save the universe were all CW characters, and I'm like, why didn't you have it be like Michael Keaton's Batman, and Tom Welling's Superman, yeah. and Brandon Routh's Superman, and like all these characters we wanted to see? Bring in randomers like that. I don't want to see just the CW characters. That's yeah. not the draw for this yeah. event. Ones. Like that was why it was cool when they brought in Ezra Miller. I was like, oh shoot, they're really crossing over. They did that. That was the biggest shock of it because yeah. like I don't know how they kept that quiet. And um, that says check. we need a new Teen Titans. Yes, one hundred percent. I didn't see the one. So I didn't see them. Oh, was it was it Teen Titans the one that they came out with like a couple years ago and it was like Robin or no no I forgot who it was yeah Titans Jason like Todd said, yeah Titan was called Titans that's it yeah and it was like and that Grayson like, went F Batman yeah I was like okay. and I'm like everyone's like ooh and I'm like <laughs> I know <laughs> really and I'm like I I've personally not seen Titans I don't have the DCE the DCU app. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying that amount of money for that when it looks like everything's said in HBO Max anyway. Like they literally announced Harley Quinn's going to be in HBO Max. Like so, they have literally a show that's but not. How on long now. will it be on HBO Max? Is the question. Oh, Harley Quinn forever. <laughs> well, I'm I'm talking about all their DC stuff, which they pitched to promote HBO Max. Oh, I got sent something from I got something sent from us from uh, Max from the Infinity Bros. And it's a thing like basically they've extended the amount of DC stuff that's on there for a longer period of time. Like, because guess what? It's popular and people like it. So why get rid of it? And my thing is like you you were using that as a yeah. selling point to promote HBO Max, and then you're just gonna take it off after less than a year. That oh, doesn't I know. Make sense. Anyway, uh, let me wrap up the chat here with the, um. So Batman says I'd like to see another standard Flash movie before Flashpoint. Me too. Flashpoint is like I think they're too early for that. Like the DCU characters need to be expanded themselves. Like I want to see a Flash movie about Flash. Before I want to see a, the- I see a theatrical origin story for Flash. Yeah, because we've never seen that. Like he's already no. established, and I'm like, okay, yeah, Batman and Superman, we know, but we've never seen Flash on the screen like that. Yeah, so. like I mean, how many times did they do Spider-Man and Batman's origin story? I, I feel like we can do uh, the Flash's origin story, and I don't, I don't know much about um, Wally West. I mean, I know Barry Allen's ba- backstory. Uh, whoever they choose, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like they could yeah. do a backstory for the Flash, and it wouldn't like be old and tired and retreading old stuff. I don't yeah. think too much. No, um, and Batman says, well, even more time as Ezra's Flash. Like, yeah, I feel like I could get to like the character if we see it more. Uh, Jay Sanchez says, hashtag Harley Quinn, and Flash should go to the big screen. It's long overdue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even this movie has been in, like, development, you know, purgatory for how long at this point. It's like, either make it or don't. All right, so we're going to move on from that because I don't want to spend too much time talking. The next big announcement from this week was we got some literal trailers and literal game footage from the upcoming Avengers movie, which is dropping in September, I believe it was. Game. Avengers game. The Avengers game, yeah, sorry. 
to clarify. We're that. gonna do Avengers movie. <laughs> I wish, man. I'm like, I'm, I'd, I'd jump on that right away. Um, but yeah, we're getting the, the Avengers game that's coming out. We got a lot of a bit more story reveal for it. We got a bit more gameplay for it. We got a bit more um, insight into it. So the main villains we were talking about this before stream are going to be Modok and AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics, which is like the break off science division that was part of Hydra at one point, like their own thing. They all run around in yellow suits now. And are literally led by a floating head in a chair. I'm so uh, glad they picked the best villains in the MCU. <clears throat> period. People complain about the villains in the MCU, and it's like it could be worse. Yeah. Um. So apparently, the storyline for this as well is that the Avengers aren't together at this point. Like they've been responsible for something horrible that happened, and people have turned on them. So like they're not even together. So it's like it's literally Miss Marvel, and um, who's a. a figurehead of this story because it's mm -hmm. focused around the Inhumans who's approached by um, Modok before he's Modok I've literally forgot the character's name um, yeah I don't know a whole lot about him but like when he was he's still human head of AIM because he's wanting to bring her in to help him with his with stuff that he's planning with helping better mankind and what he's basically doing is experimenting on Inhumans um, so she goes and like gets together the Avengers team to take it on and there's we see a little bit of strife between them a little bit of issues because yeah. they're, they're coming back together for the first time in a long time like the main um like gameplay i saw was of thor and like yeah. everyone's shocked to see thor because like thor's been gone for so long and he comes out of nowhere and um, that's his name george tarleton i did write it down it was in my notes see this is why i write stuff down in my notes so that's um modok oh modok got it um, so yeah. like, so she decides um, description of the story trailer these people around the world have turned their back on the Avengers Miss Marvel must reassemble her role models while facing Ames leader George Tarleton who has, who has his own vision for the future mm. so we I'll, saw some gameplay footage we saw some stories so how you how you feeling on this Nitro I'll be straight up man I really really want to like this game because I feel like an open world Marvel based game is way overdue but, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That being said, I cannot, for the life of me, get over the horrible character design and horrible facial animation that they've been working on for apparently years. Yeah, I, I mean, just, it doesn't. Like, it doesn't help I when you look, get over that. It doesn't help when you look at games that are currently out that have got such better graphics. Like I've literally been watching playthroughs of The Last of Us Two. Yeah. And the game is like so beautiful. It's so well done, and you're like, Avengers has been getting worked on for so long. Why is it not at that stage? I mean, and, the, and I'm sorry. Can I just can I just bring up something for yeah, the yeah. gameplay? It might be because they're on a helicarrier, and it's like the helicarrier's going down. That's where the fight takes place. It's on the helicarrier for Shield, mm -hmm. and it's going down. So that might be why the camera angle starts getting weird. But like literally, it seems to be level on Thor, and whenever he goes to do attack, the camera goes like that, mm. or like that. And I'm like, is it because it's moving? Like they show they're fighting on this thing that's going down, or is the camera angle just moving really weird? Like, for no yeah, so, reason. So I've watched, like, an hour or two of the actual gameplay footage of this, and I can say I really like the way that they did Hulk. Like, I really like the way that he fights. Um, I like the dynamic slow motion when he jumps in the air and smashes stuff. It's really cool. Again, man, I, I cannot get over some of it. Like, I'm thinking specifically of uh, Thor and Black Widow. Just their hair and their face, the way that they're moving, I'm like, that that's like nightmare fuel yeah um but I, I do feel like there is an opportunity for them to like release 
you know, do the nickel and dime people after after you buy the game. You know, we'll have all these expansion packs and you have all these outfits. Ooh, I have no get, doubt. I have no doubt. I'm like, if you've seen downloadable stuff that came out, like when DC did Injustice and stuff, like I see the same for Marvel. Like, hey, expand yeah. your Avengers team. These characters are now available for download. They're DLC. Dude, they would make bank. Ad said, I wish they would make a non Lego version of Lego Marvel with all the characters. I agree. That's I wish what they I, like, I Why are they not? Because, like, my, my thing is, like, Avengers would be fine. Avengers looks like a decent game. Like, I'm definitely going to probably get it. It's coming out in PC, so I'm going to get a chance to get it and yeah. play it. Um, because apparently I'm a PC gamer now because I've not touched my Xbox and I don't know how long. Um, how dare you? I know. Um, but yeah, so it's like I'm I'm definitely going to get it. I'm definitely going to play it and try it out. I'll probably even do it on stream a little bit. But I'm getting it too. I'll be I, straight. I think up. I'm it, getting it. I think it would be fine if we hadn't had the Batman Arkham games yes. and the Spider Man game. The Spider-Man game especially, because that is a hardcore open-world game, and it looks yeah, beautiful. That's insanely open-world. Like, literally one of the best Spider-Man games in the world was Spider-Man 2, and they somehow took that and merged it with Batman Arkham games mm -hmm. and made this amazing Spider-Man game. Like, And literally, like... And then, like, I just remember the hype when they announced that the PlayStation 5 that um, Miles Morales was getting his game, which definitely deserved, long overdue. Yeah. I'm glad he's getting recognition now. And then you look at the Avengers game, and I'm like, I just, it feels clunky. Yeah, super clunky. And I'm, I'm just looking at the, the gameplay with Thor, and like, he's got Mjolnir, and he's punching humans, and they're not immediately dying. They're just like falling on the ground. I'm like, how, how is that possible? Like, like, he should legitimately be destroying humans. Yeah, I'm like, you've got him yeah. and Hulk literally running about that upper deck. I'm like, why is that thing still in one piece? Yeah. Like there's two of the most powerful people in the Marvel Universe, not even the Avengers in the Marvel Universe. I do dig the Tony, some of the Iron Man stuff was pretty cool, like how, you know, flying and all that stuff. Yeah, so like there's been some sweet stuff. You get to play some of the different characters, they've got different powers and stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm excited for Miss Marvel to be getting a push. Mm -hmm. um, it sucks that it's because of the whole Inhumans thing, but it's, I'm excited to see what happens with it. One thing that I did hear, though, is if you do get it for like PS4. I don't know about Xbox, but if you get it from PS4, you get a free PS5 upgrade. To yeah, they did so announce they did, upgraded ray tracing, lighting, all that. Yeah, they did announce that stuff. if you buy it for the PS4, there's nothing about the Xbox or any of the others yet, but for the PS4, if you purchase it, you will automatically be able to get it for PS5 if you buy the yeah. PS5. So like, if you buy this when it comes out, you can still have it when the game's console swaps. Because it's coming out like right before the yeah. PS5 yeah, drops. Yeah, like, like in September? September? Yeah, it's like, it comes out September yeah. and... and When's the PS5 coming out? November? Something November, like that. Yeah. Probably the 20th. So it's like two months before it, and I'm like, yeah. wow, you did not plan this well, did you? That should have just been a launch yeah. title on the PS5. Yeah, you did not I, plan I, for this. For real. You I mean, I feel like they have a little bit more time to work on it, but honestly, I don't know. I don't think they do have a ton of time. No, I think. So I don't know how much better because it's it was meant to come out. For, just... Well, it was meant to come out forever ago. That's why it's coming out in the yeah. PS4, because it's been designed for the PS4. It was coming out forever ago. I just don't know how much better it's gonna look, and that's like why I'm like, oh man, the character, just the character designs are awful. And I remember when they initially yeah. showed it, I think it was like last year, they were even worse. And everybody was like, what the world are you guys thinking? This just looks awful. So they probably went back to the drawing board a little bit with the with the redesigns, and they, I just still think they just look like booty. I'm gonna be straight up. I don't think they look that yeah. good. But those are the biggest um, news announcements we've got at this point. Um... The only other things I really had was Dan Didio, like the former like head at DC, 
who I, I can't stand because he hates Wally West and Dick Grayson, two of my favourite characters. And they did an, an interview um, where I was like, he's asked about like why he doesn't like them, basically why he doesn't like Dick Grayson and Wally West, two of the most popular characters in DC amongst the community. Um, <clears throat> like why he wanted to kill off Dick, how he wanted to kill off Dick Grayson during like Infinite Crisis was because he thought it'd be a big blow for like the Trinity because he's like well connected with all of them and stuff like that um, and I'm like no you try to get rid of Nightwing and turn him into Grayson just a secret agent and then you basically literally had him have head trauma so he became Rick Grayson it isn't just a storyline thing like I'm sorry you've been trying to get rid of that character Yeah. and he came out and pretty much said he literally doesn't like Wally West because he's too connected to Barry Allen like even his like his origin story he says he's always going to be a subservient to Barry in some way because his origin was determined by Barry West's origin in the Flash, um, number one one zero, um, is a direct copy of Allen's. They both got struck by lightning while being doused with multiple chemicals. West's uniform even a copy of Allen's until he got his red and yellow outfit in the Flash. Yeah, because he was a sidekick to him. Yeah, I don't know. And then, and then Barry Allen and Barry Allen died. He came back and he wasn't dead, but he basically died like. Hey, bros, how's it going, man? Thank you for joining the Comic Clan. We appreciate the follow, brother. Glad you could be here. And yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about Wally West. The thing is, as well, because like, he's like that was like, oh, Wally West. It's like, see, for people that are our age, see if you read comic books when you were in your late 20s, early 30s, growing up, Wally West was the Flash. Mm. Barry disappeared in Crisis on Infinite Earth, and Wally West became the Flash. He wasn't a copy. He was literally his own character for years it really doesn't matter where his origin came from like he was a beloved flash for years it's only recently that barry came back it was like early 2000s i think like flash rebirth happened and barry allen actually came back hey bros yeah finally made it to a live show brother glad you could be here thanks for coming in man we appreciate it um, but yeah, so I I wanted to mention that I don't have a big talking point on that of like Dan Diddy trying to explain himself and what came out of that interview was literally yeah you still hate the characters and yeah you know and it's like I I get if you don't like certain characters yourself like there's certain characters in comics I'm not a fan of but see if you're the head of the company and everybody goes we love this character then you got to do it don't bury <laughs> them actually yeah. do them and. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, that was my last big one. So that was our news for this week. Um, I don't think there was any other massive topics that I didn't want to delve into. I want to, you know, we're at the 30-minute mark. I want to delve into our major topic for today. Um, yeah, talking about, this is part one of our early 2000s um, superhero movies. Um, a fan favourite for a lot of people. Big favourite for yeah. me and Nitro. We're going to be talking about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. This... You know, it was so good to look back in these movies and just, yeah. I, and they have aged well. I'll be honest, I'm I'm still a fan of them. Yeah, um, they've aged well. Like, we're going to talk about Spider Man One, Spider Man Two, and yes, we're even <laughs> going to talk about Spider Man Three, <laughs> which <laughs> proof of why studios should sometimes just step back and let people do their job. Yeah. All right, so let's let's delve in. Let's let's just take it one at a time. All right, let's do this. So we'll delve in a number one, Spider-Man. So overall, your thoughts on the first Spider-Man movie? So I feel like overall, like I feel like I'm not. All right, 
I feel like every week I just get deeper and deeper in the hole with people It'll be deep, <laughs> with the fan base. But I'm just not I'm not a gigantic fan. I don't not like him. I'm just not a gigantic fan of Sam Raimi, his directing style. Wow, that's I, I that's a not, really brave thing to I say. Know, I know, I know. I feel like I feel like I, stuff, I feel like I asked you to be a co-host. I didn't realize you were going to be like the anti-geek. <laughs> I feel like a lot of his stuff is just it's it's a little over the top. Nowhere near Josh Whedon, but a little over the top. Uh, some of the some of the dialogue is a bit cringy. That being said. Oh yeah. I feel like the way that he approached Spider-Man, I think I feel like he he approached it with a lot of reverence for the OG Spider-Man. Oh yeah, he's a massive and fan I, of the original Spider-Man yeah. stuff, yeah. And I you could really see that in the way that he treated the story. Like yeah, trying to contrast it to like the newer the newer comic book movies and they try to like they take the OG version of the character and they kind of try to twist it and mold it to make it I don't I hate to keep using the term edgy that's the word of the day someone to use it make it edgy and they end up changing i think key aspects of the character i think personality wise that make them that character and i feel like what sam raimi did very well was kind of keep that intact you know while addressing like minor issues like the organic web shooters like come on yeah. sam really um but I, minor issues i feel like this movie was like nailed it <clears throat> nailed the tone i think slightly campy at points oh, i didn't yeah. mind it i didn't mind it too much though see that's the thing like people always say that as a big issue against it like oh it's a really campy movie it's really silly when you look back on it and i'm like you realize this is from a comic book right you realize this is a guy yeah. that wears red and blue spandex swings from webs and climbs walls <laughs> i'm like yeah people forget that about comic book movies like they're meant to be a little bit silly it's okay people take that as a really bad thing and they're like it's okay to be silly and Oh, hey, hey, Tommy, how's it going, man? Frozen Orange Gaming in the house. Thank you for popping in, brother. We appreciate it. <clears throat> but yeah, like, I... I think this is still my favourite, like, Spider-Man movie, at least to this trilogy. It's definitely still up there for me. Like, I I even like it more than the second one, and it, I, I'm fully aware it might be, like, nostalgia glasses for me. But, like, okay. this, this was the one that massively impacted me. This was the one that massively hit me. Like, so... This is the movie that puts superhero movies on the map. People forget that before, like the late nineties, superhero movies were crap. Yeah. Then the first big success we got was Blade. It yeah, was the first one that. that was a really good movie, really enjoyable. They took it seriously. But nobody knew it was a comic book movie. It was a cult hit. Barely anybody knew about it in ninety eight. So it kind of just went under the radar. And then yeah. the next one that took the step up was X Men. X Men was out um, about a year or two before Spider Man. And it started putting comic books on the map. Another really good movie. I still like the first X Men movie as well, although it is stupid at points. And mm-hmm. yeah, Blade was amazing. Yeah, Blade's an amazing I, I agree movie. 100%. Blade one and two. I literally had arguments with my friend back and forth of like I was trying to work out if Blade one or two was better because like it literally depends. What happened in two? Two is the one with the Reapers, like the guys with the jaws that open like that. Uh, I wasn't a fan of that one. One is definitely my favorite. Really? Yeah, I don't mean I to be love... so dismissive, Cross. I'm sorry, but wow, I think one is way better. <laughs> I loved one and it's like don't get me wrong I mean like they were going to make some stupid choices and they pulled it back two I just I love it's Guillermo del Toro at his best just messing about and making monsters yeah um, what do you guys think would have, would have done with X-Men Origins Gambit if they would have done X-Men Origins Gambit oh dude I, Gambit is probably one of my favourite X-Men so I would have loved to see Gambit I would have loved to seen Gambit on the screen but like I don't trust them <clears throat> I've seen yeah. what happened with a lot of those movies, and I'm like, I don't yeah. know if it had been done, like, properly. Um, All right, so 
But yeah, people forget the fact that like Blade was an awesome movie, but it was really cult hit, really under the radar. Nobody really knew about it. Yeah. X Men started getting them noticed, and people forget Spider Man was the first superhero movie that got taken seriously. And it did a smashing in the box office. I've like, literally got. So much let money. me let me pull this stat up because I got this off of somebody who was talking about it, and I wanted to say the stat. At the time, it was the highest grossing movie, and its opening weekend it made $114 million, which doesn't seem like a lot compared to current movies, but it was the first movie, even including inflation, to make $100 million over a weekend. Mm. Like, it's not like a case of, like, people caught on to this, like, no, from the get-go, Spider-Man was a success. From the get-go, this was popular enough and was getting a sequel. And I just, I can't give the movie enough credit. Like, yeah, it's silly and yeah, it's campy at points, and I'm like, I think that's okay if you play into it, which it does. Tobey Maguire is an amazing Peter Parker. I agree. One I've... thing I will say, one thing I will say, I feel like they could have done a bit, bit better choosing actors to play teenagers. Oh yeah, 100%. I, I, I totally forgot Joe Manganiello was, Barry, uh, not Barry Allen. It flashed on to me. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, dude, you look like you're 40 years old. Yeah, <laughs> he looks so old, man. Although I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. gonna lie, I would love to see him as like an Agent Venom character now, like an older Flash cool. at that point. I yeah. think he could pull it off. Um, but yeah, it's like they were. I agree though. I love Tobey Maguire. He was great. I will be honest. I think Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man. Agreed. Like, his role as Spider-Man was better. I don't. He did, like, Tobey Maguire did get quips in occasionally. He had a couple in the movie, but I don't think he was as fast, as energetic, as quippy as we want Spider-Man to be. I want I, to see I, him. And I that, feel like I, he played the smart high school kid really good. Yeah, like, he did it he really well. Dorky, like, I feel like he played that part really oh, well. Oh, yeah, he had it perfect. He he played the, you could tell Sam Raimi was a fan of the original Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And the original Spider-Man comics, because he plays that up. And I heard somebody talking about, like, the amazing Spider-Man, and they say that Peter Parker is a lot more like a a modern spider-man like he's an yeah. older like he could be the guy who grows up like peter parker and toby Maguire's one could be the guy that grows up to be you know a fairly smart nerd and a teacher and all that and um, the andrew garfield one's like the one that we grow up to be like the business mogul like your what's his face that runs facebook and all that stuff yeah, Mark zuckerberg. yeah zuckerberg it's like he could be yeah. the one that grows up to do something like that funnily enough andrew garfield was actually in the social network movie yeah. <laughs> funnily. so one thing i will say is i really liked harry and peter's relationship in this like i I really like the way that they did that and that was one of the main reasons i was i i I still like amazing spider-man one it's obviously definitely not in my top spider-man movies i still have a soft spot for that movie because i I love i love the way that i loved their relationship because even though you know harry osborne was a brat you know they still figured out a way to kind of make it work and there was contention and I kind of like that in, in Sam Raimi's trilogy as well. Fun fact, Kevin Feige was a producer on all three Spider-Man films. Just FYI. Yeah. You want to know why they were so good? Because the guy that helmed the MCU was behind it and pushing it. Yeah. And just to kind of chop with chat, Jay Sanchez saying they were thinking of it and they backed out. Yeah, the Gambit movie they were and then it just kept getting pushed off and then Disney bought it so it was gotten rid of. Um, yeah. And it does deserve better than the Wolverine movie has, definitely. And um, Jason says if Tobey Maguire didn't back out of Spider-Man, it would have made millions more. Um, they would have made more of them. It's like what made it um, what made it a massive issue was the fact of like how bad Spider-Man three bombed. It stopped any yeah. thing going forward, and like they had to course correct. 
and literally the only reason Amazing Spider-Man got made as early as it did was because he didn't want to lose the rights back to Marvel. They had to make a movie every five years to keep the rights. You know how how close after Spider-Man three that Amazing Spider-Man was made? I don't. I don't. I don't five years. Um, it came oh. out. It came out five years after. Like five literally, okay. two thousand and seven, Spider-Man three came out. Which to point out, the li- literally like, the whole Spider-Man trilogy came out before the MCU. Yeah, I remember at the time people were like, "Dude, why are we releasing a, a new Spider-Man?" Like, why yeah, it came out in twenty twelve. It yeah, came out twenty twelve, okay. same year as Avengers. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, literally, they had to make it so it was out for the five-year mark because if they didn't make another Spider-Man movie in five years, they would have lost the rights. That's the only reason we got it soon. Um, got it. Which Spider-Man did Rhino show up in? He showed up in Amazing Spider-Man 2, which that's going to be another episode all to itself. Because, yep. I mean, hey, Spider-Man 3, how can we make that worse? I look so pumped for Electro. He was in the, he was in the second one, right? Oh yeah, he was in Amazing Spider-Man too. He was the main villain. Yeah, that's such a that's such a ball drop. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry, we're digressing. Yeah, sorry, it's, uh, it's going to come up though because Amazing Spider-Man yeah. is also the other failed like attempt to boot in this universe. So it's like it's it's going to come up in conversation. Um, yeah, but I I feel like the relationships. I loved Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane. I thought she was. Oh, she casting. was amazing. I perfect. I thought she played Mary Jane really well. I like I really yeah. liked her in the role. I've heard people saying like she wasn't quite as energetic and spunky as Mary Jane all the time, but like I felt like we got to, it was a different version of her to a degree. We got to know her like off the get go. She was the girl next door for Peter rather than the, yeah. rather than the in the comics she's like a blind date that's set up for him. Yeah, and um, which also in the I, comic, I like the way that she was approached in the movie. You know, like, it's like in the movie, I like the girl next door. I like it. You know, like she's the the fun, happy go lucky girl with everyone, but yeah. then she talks to Peter and she's very like down to earth, very open and yeah. honest with who she is. The relationship, like, because people said that, I was like, oh, I don't like the relationship. And I'm like, if you've been a teenager that was had a major crush on someone, that's pretty much how you acted around them. Yeah, pretty <laughs> you know much. What I mean, it's like, it's like, I think it's spot on. And but I, I have to talk about my favorite casting for this first movie. I know, I know who you're gonna say. I, I have to say it, Willem Dafoe yeah. as Norman that. Osborn and the Green Goblin. It's still one of my favorite bits of casting to this day. Sam Raimi was not going to cast him. Willem Dafoe lobbied for this role. He would not stop pestering Sam Raimi for this role. He wanted to play Norman Osborn. He loved the character and he wanted to bring him to life. And say what you want about the Green Goblin suit being a freaking like Power Ranger looking suit. I'm like... I, I love the style of the suit, but like people forget. Do you know what people forget though? They like that. It's like, oh, I hate the look of the Green Goblin suit. I'm like, do you remember what the Green Goblin suit looked like in the comics? Yeah. He had like green, like goblin skin on his legs, arm, and face, and had a little purple tunic and a little purple hat <laughs> that hung down the back. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's an upgrade. Yeah, it I feel really like it was is. a good attempt. I think it's like, I like the design personally, like, but I'm a Power Rangers fan. I've always liked Power Rangers as well. Um, yeah, I'd say she was perfect, yeah. For as MJ was amazing. I think that's when I started having crushes on redheads through my teens was because <laughs> of Kirsten Dunst in that movie. That was like the... I went through a period of liking redheads, and I'm pretty sure that's what started it. That's hilarious. Oh, sorry for that, Jay Sanchez. Nightbot doesn't like spamming emojis for Yeah, something. sorry about that, spamming it. Don't worry, we're getting rid of Nightbot, we're getting a new bot, and I'll mess about with it. So that I've heard a few people that's happened to, and... Sorry about that. <laughs> all right, so I'll be straight. All right, so Norman Osborn, I agree. I think William Defoe is fantastic as Norman Osborn. 
I love his relationship with Peter, and he re- he recognizes Peter's intelligence, and mm-hmm. he kind of latches on to that. Yeah, I love that. I think that's an integral part of the um, the comics, and I, I really like that part. Um, I am not a fan of the outfit at all. Uh, I feel like it was a good attempt to kind of reimagine it for the live screen, I'll, and I'll give him credit on that. I've, yeah. I've seen behind the scenes of them doing like an organic goblin mask, and I think if they would have spent a little more time on that, I, I think it could have worked mm-hmm. um, because it looked terrifying. It looked absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. And just him, when he's close up with, with Spider-Man and you can see his mouth moving through the mouth hole, kind of just takes me out of it a bit. Oh, that's um, on purpose, though. See if you actually watch that scene. There's a slat that moves down and up. Yeah. So like when he's talking to Spider-Man in those scenes like on the rooftop and stuff, it, like, it slides up. Yeah, I think that's him trying to be a bit more personable or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, I think William Defoe would be out of this world. And also I think he might might be a bit old. Um, well, age, saying, but I think it would be cool. And saying that, I mean, like if it wasn't working, Phoenix that did the Joker movie. Like William Defoe could probably pull that off an older, disheveled Joker style. He's almost like a he's almost like a Mark Hamill like Arkham Asylum Batman Joker. I could see that. Like, is he Batman Arkham? He looks a lot older. Oh. Uh, anyways, sorry. But as amazing as his casting was, the last bit of casting I really want to mention, even more perfect than Willem Dafoe. So much so that he was brought back into the MCU to redo the character. We got J.K. Oh, yeah. Simmons oh, yeah. as J. No Jonah Jameson. No doubt about Possibly it. Possibly one of the best bits of casting in movie history. Yeah. Like, and I will stand on that. <laughs> like, well, him and Sir Patrick Stewart as Professor X. I think those two are yeah. like, just like... But like, J.K. Boy. Simmons just letting rip is J. Jonah Jameson. I yeah. popped when he showed up at Far From Home. Yeah, Far From Home, yeah. yeah. Had to yeah. think I was saying the right movie. They're like, yeah, it's Far From Home. Um, it's like, he is like, even in Spider-Man 3, he is like one of the best bits about the thing. It's like... Yeah. I, I love J.K. Simmons as like J. Jonah Jameson. Like you just have to play J. Jonah in any Spider-Man movie. Like he has to like transfer over. It was funny because I was watching some recap. I didn't rewatch the movies because I've seen them so many times. It's it's ungodly. I just haven't seen them in a while. So I, just, I was watching some recaps. Yeah, just and you know that. Yeah, there was that one point where Green Goblin kind of caught J. Jonah Jameson and was holding him up by his throat, and he wouldn't give up Spider-Man. And some people were saying that's because he was trying to cover his own butt. Because Peter Parker was his only photographer, I don't buy that. I think he, like, deep down, <laughs> is a good guy. <laughs> he just doesn't want to portray that. So, like, oh yeah, you get. For, you, know. you even see that in the comics. Like, there's an amazing storyline in the comics. I don't know if it's been retconned or what yet. I, I really hope it hasn't. Um, but like, we're literally Spider-Man. Like, Peter Parker reveals himself to J. Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. his identity, because like Jonah's like father and his aunt are getting together and stuff and. Oh, okay. The whole thing I like that, and like he's in a really down point, and he literally takes off the mask, and literally like that, his rhetoric to Spider-Man changes, and he actually starts trying to help Peter and starts trying to be there That's to awesome. encourage like him and show up if he needs help, and it's deep down I think yeah that's that though it's like he is a jackass on top of it all he is the guy that, but at the same time like as soon as he holds him up it's like who takes the pictures of Spider-Man it's like I don't know his stuff comes in the mail and I'm like I don't think he hesitated for a minute to like not no. sell out one of his people 
That was awesome. I love that. I, ne- I didn't realize that when I was younger, watching that scene, what was actually happening. There, oh, yeah. Like, as I got older and I looked back, I'm like, dude. So the guy's getting picked up by a guy in armor on top of a flying glider who's blowing people up, who attacked downtown. I'm like, and you're literally going, yeah, I don't know the guy. He just sends his stuff in. And I'm like, that could have literally been murdered. Yeah. That takes some cojones to do that. You know what I mean? It's like, but yeah, this, so we move on for the cast. And so the storyline of it. So what did we think of the story of it? All right. Uh, The first Spider-Man movie. So... There was a couple videos that I watched that were comparing Spider-Man 1 and 2 mm-hmm. uh, regarding how they approached, like, consequences of actions and stakes. And they made a really, really good point. And I know we'll get to Spider-Man 2 in a minute. But I don't. in Spider-Man 1, like, with Peter Parker's personal decisions, there I don't think there were a whole lot of, like, really high stakes. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean. So, you know, towards the end when... And spoilers, obviously, for a 14-year-old movie or however old it is. Um, I'm guessing nearly 20-year-old movie at this point. (laughs) So when Green Goblin is holding um, Mary Jane, like, by the throat, and then he's got that that cart full of kids that's hanging over the bridge, and he's making Peter Parker choose, like, the the video made a really good, like, obviously he's going to choose. There's consequences to whatever action he chooses, but he ends up saving them both. So that entire sequence that hinged on him as a character to his foundation really didn't have any consequences. It didn't, it didn't push the ball forward or anything like that. Hmm. There is a similar situation in Spider-Man 2, actually multiple situations in Spider-Man 2, that, which is why it's, that is my favorite of the Raimi Spider-Mans, that actually show that there are consequences to his actions, and he is aware of those consequences, but he still decides to do what he feels is the right thing to do. Yeah. Which I thought is really cool. No, absolutely, yeah. I, yeah. I would definitely give it that. And it's like, that final scene was literally just uh, looking like to give him like a big choice to make. And it's like, obviously, yeah. trying to echo the Gwen Stacy death. Yeah, and I get it. Like, and yeah, I get like, it. But yeah, but like, clearly you're not going to have them die. It's, a, yeah. it's like a PG-13 movie. You're not going to have a bunch of kids die <laughs> in a, yeah. a trailer thing. And you're not going to kill off Kirsten Dunst, one of your main characters who the story's based on in the first movie. Yeah. Although yeah. if they did, that would have taken. That would have been brave, but yeah, yeah. And, and I get that. I, I feel like they could no, just it's like it's, that a little bit differently. It's more about the. It's not about the consequences for that one. I think it's more about the him taking on the goal and pushing himself in that way. Because mm-hmm. that's not even like the real finale to that. The real finale is like when they go off the bridge. Yeah. And that final fight is just so freaking brutal. Yeah, it is. Like they are literally just laying into each other, like. Spider-Man's mask is ripped. He is bloodied. He is beaten. Yeah. He is battered. He is taken a pounding. Yeah. And it's it's almost like Captain America. I can do this all day. Like he keeps getting up, which like is totally a Spider-Man mentality. Like it doesn't matter how bruised he is. Like I need to keep going. I don't stop. Yeah. I love it. That's it's probably just the kind of uh, another universe Spider-Man. So Tom Holland's Tom Holland Spider-Man when Vulture drops a building on him, like that is like, and he's like trying to push up and he's crying like. That is that is Spider-Man. Like he's gonna, he's not gonna stop. Yeah. He's gonna do whatever it takes. And yeah, I agree with you 100. percent I think Sam Raimi captured. Yeah, he he captured it so well. And like in the first movie, I think the first movie is so well done because it's a total cat and mouse game. Because like he starts being Spider-Man, and like you know we get the let Let's go back to the start of it because we're kind of jumping about here. Um, so I want to mention as well. Um, I want to mention these actors by name because they are phenomenal. Uh, where are they? Rosemary Harris and Cliff Robertson 
the actors that portrayed Aunt May and Uncle Ben yeah. were phenomenal. I loved them as those characters. I, I, I felt they built up Uncle Ben enough to feel heartbroken when the death happens. Mm-hmm. And they made Aunt May such a sympathetic and loving character as well. A total great heart on her. She looked like she was pulled directly from the comics. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so well done. And, yeah. you know, obviously you get the scene where, you know, Peter gets his powers and he starts, you know, we're just going to jump straight to that sort of section because, like, the start of it is just, he's a nerd, he gets beat up, well, hey, it's, yeah. <laughs> for the most part, like, you know. Um, but obviously on the trip he gets bit with a spider and he like wakes up with all these powers I, lo- I love to hear somebody talking about like he wakes up in the mirror like really buff and really looking at himself and he handles it really well somehow yeah he's like oh alright and, and he like, starts flexing if I, if I woke up with that and nothing with having done nothing like I'd have had a bit I wouldn't more wear a shirt for a week I'd have a bit yeah, more questions of like where the heck did this come from <laughs> like, yeah I wouldn't wear a shirt either man I'm like hey here we go I'd be walking out in, without a shirt for at least a week you know and it's like but he obviously gets the idea like he needs to get money to get a car so he goes to do the yeah, the wrestling which amazing shout out to the phenomenal may he rest in peace bone crusher macho man randy savage as bone crusher with cool easter egg in spider-man far from home there is a poster for that um a bone crusher match um in the background Oh really? So they're, they're, yeah, there's an Easter egg to the Sam Raimi. Uh, oh, I missed one. that. I'm gonna go back and yeah, watch yeah. that Easter egg now. But yeah, so we get Macho Man Randy Savage, who is not acting in any way. He's just being him. He's doing what he always does. And this massive match, and it's like also as well during that we also get the first of three Bruce Campbell cameos. Obviously, Bruce yeah. Campbell played Ash in the Evil Dead movies and Army of Darkness. Ash Williams, one of the favourite in horror culture characters, the man with a chainsaw for a hand. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell, just a legend in this business. And we get to see him who, in this one, he's like, yeah, adds bone saws ready. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Campbell is the one who names yeah. him Spider Man in this movie, which I love that he just takes that up. Um, yeah. So he beats Bonesaw, he gets screwed out of money by the promoter because he didn't last three minutes, he got him beaten less than that. Um, so he stops the guy from like stealing his money. Uh, he doesn't stop the guy, sorry, from stealing the guy's money, yeah. um, and that leads to Uncle Ben getting killed, which is a really heartbreaking scene. Even if it did spawn one of the many, many Tobey Maguire mean cry faces, and there are many of them. <laughs> um, it was really hard. There's so many memes that are from this movie that I didn't realize I until know. I went back and saw it. There are so many. Um, then of course he goes to the. I love the fact of after that though, like he literally goes in a revenge spree. He goes after the guy oh, that yeah. killed Uncle Ben. I love that that the rage comes. Did he drop out. him out of a window? Accidentally, yeah. He was going with the guy, and the guy trips backwards out the window, yeah. and that's when he he kind of realizes like I I can't I need to be responsible when I do this. You know, great power yeah. comes great responsibility. The line, you know, that's it's like I. So much. You know, it's like I need to do that. I need to be responsible with this power that I've been given. It's like. Yeah. because it led to Uncle Ben's death and then look how far it pushed me yeah. um, so I love that we get that which we don't get to see in any of the other movies obviously Tom Holland is already up and running as Spider-Man there's a different story to it yeah. um, but there's like none of that in the Amazing Spider-Man movies even though Uncle Ben is killed like he just kind of we going after Uncle Ben's killer? no yeah no at no point um, so I'm glad they include that and we get to see him 
and it becomes this cat and mouse game after like he starts being like spider-man and we see you know norman like takes the serum the gas themselves like because he's about to get shut down his fundings to prove that the goblin serum works and goes into an amazing split personality and it's the whole movie is this cat and mouse game between the two of them yeah. it's norman starts to learn who he is and starts to understand and starts to draw closer and then starts to go after the people he loves like his aunt may and mary jane and there's there's some really there's some really cool scenes like when it's getting towards the end of the movie and they're starting to figure out who each other are like i think of the one scene at thanksgiving dinner um mm. when he's sitting beside william defoe peter parker is and there's almost that um michael keaton vulture tom holland spider-man moment when they're in the car and he's taking his daughter to prom yeah it's that, that moment like, of like when they light realize moment, where he realizes that oh my gosh this is spider-man peter parker is spider-man yeah. and you know what's yeah. awesome about that scene like sam raimi does an amazing color scheme during that that i didn't realize and um, you might like it since you were an artist and um, if you go back and watch that scene toby mcguire's actually like peter parker's dressed in green he's mm. got like a green and black outfit yeah. on and norman osborne's got blue and red Oh, I didn't notice that. And then Harry's got a mixture of both. I think it's like a green shirt with a red tie he's got. It's like so it's like there's an I interesting that play a color scheme there of like the opposite colors. I did notice and this was based off of some recap videos that I saw that there's a heavy color like palette like very uh decisive decision made in the movie where Peter Parker's always associated with blue and red and Harry Osborne Norman Osborne is always associated with the color green and that's seen in you know Oscorp the way he dresses at his home and then you know peter parker likewise so, yeah, it's yeah like, i did i didn't notice that people talk about it being like his outfit being like power rangers and like it's power rangers you know like whatever color ranger they are that's the only color of clothes they ever wear in everyday life yeah. like yeah. if i'm the red ranger that i only have a red attire why would i have yeah i wear a red else? t-shirt every single day and, and red things. shorts and red trainers and you know <laughs> and a red hairband yeah it's like why would i wear another color i'm a red ranger you know not that it gives me away or anything no it's like, hey, you only ever wear red. Do you happen to be a red you ranger? You only wear red. You only wear yellow. You only wear black. Hmm. I think some do with a clock on. You're really that. good at martial art. <laughs> but yeah, like I love this movie. And then obviously we... Um, I'm going to push this to kind of the finale of this. If any of you guys have yep. any questions about the first movie, chuck it in chat. Because um, we're hitting the hour mark and I want to make sure we yep. cover the other two movies as well. Um, we get to the ending, that final brutal fight scene. And then obviously Norman kills himself and pales himself on his with his glider. So, question: Do you think that he, obviously, he doesn't do that on purpose? He's really trying to kill. Spider-Man. He's trying to kill Spider-Man. So, I, I will say, looking back on recaps of that movie, that was a very brutal death. Like, oh it, yeah, he, he didn't like. You know how they normally cut from the moment of impact? They did not cut. Oh like, no, it just like, showed it. <laughs> oh no, it, yeah, it cuts to show Peter, and then it cuts back to show him like impaled. Yeah, and then it shows hardcore. him like literally dying on the glider. Yeah. Like he literally collapses yeah. on the glider. And I it's just, like, so the it's brutal. I love, I love that was how we saw the spider sense though of like it clicking in as yes. the blades came out and then just that moment of flip and yeah. it literally just misses him and it's like oh no because I, I yeah. kind of love that as well like Norman realizes he's screwed this thing's not going to stop and he's like yeah. I'm dead one thing I, I don't know if I necessarily buy in this movie and I'm not sure this is what they were trying to do but I feel like they might have been trying to very very end redeem norman osborne like to a certain extent um and it might have just been like he didn't want his son to know what type of person he had become but i don't because remember when he said he said don't tell harry or whatever i just don't i don't know i just didn't i just didn't i don't think that was earned i don't know they don't tell harry i always kind of took that as a line of like 
because we see it early on in the movie. We see that there's a split personality. There's Norman and there's the Goblin. Oh yeah, you're right. It's you're like right. it's a split personality. So because like that that scene's phenomenal. Go back and if you've not watched it, where forever, he's talking in the mirror. Go back and literally watch that scene and watch him play this amazing dialogue with himself off the mirror. Yeah. And just even the facial expressions and how Norman and the Goblin change. Like Willem Dafoe does not get enough credit for how good he is. He really does not. Um, it's like, and watch that split personality and I always feel like that's what came back at the end was like mm, to hit Peter sense. Harder of like he didn't just kill the goblin he killed a friend he killed yeah. Norman Osborn who was his best friend's father a friend of his own to a certain extent yeah so like I always felt like that was to hit home like and that's why he like takes Norman back to Harry it was almost like I'm going to deliver you because you deserve to be put to rest you know you don't deserve mm. to just be found in this goblin attire it's like it's, yeah you deserve to be put to rest and because you see that like he's not in the goblin suit or anything you know because harry doesn't find the stuff until the second movie yeah so it's like he has no idea that he's as a goblin which means spider-man took undress him wrapped him in something and laid him in his in his bed to try and be respectful to it mm-hmm. and we then of course get the funeral scene where we start seeing harry's hatred for spider-man and and obviously mj then tries to like be with peter and tries to kiss him and he walks away and i think that's a hard-hitting one but it works yeah, you know it, it isn't does. just that I'm, I'm the hero so i can't be with someone like no he's literally just watched someone he knows die yeah, he's watched his best hurt. friend's life be pretty much ruined with his dad's death and he's like yeah i care about her too much to see it happen like i think it's honestly earned and then it's, it's been done so many times that sort of thing now but i think it's honestly earned in this first movie i agree i agree 100 percent um and then obviously that's that's one of the other big things in this series, like literally for all three movies, is the major like relationship is Peter, MJ, and Harry. It's that love triangle. I love that. That's I think that's what I think that's one of the main things that makes this series work as well as it does. Not the third one, but it makes the series work as much as it no, can. In the, th- in the third one, they decide, hey, let's add another love triangle by introducing Gwen <laughs> Stacy. With I'd like to point out by the way, a young Bryce Dallas Howard before anyone knew who she was really. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like, um, all right, so in one of the best bit of web swinging, um, whatever you want to call it, we get at the end of this movie is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. One thing I will say that, that I really, really like is, I don't know why, but I like the fact of Peter Parker just in his room listening to a police scanner, like waiting for a crime to be announced and then jumping out the window. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I just love that. Like, that's his way to keep on top of everything, because yeah. how do you keep track of what's going on? It's like, it's it has to be a police scanner, because otherwise you're just swinging around town hoping for the best. Yeah, I mean, I, that's one of the reasons I like Amazing Spider-Man 1 a little bit, too, because they kind of do that same thing, where he's listening to the police scanner and that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I really like Spider-Man 1. Man, it's, it's not my favorite of the three, but I really like it. It's definitely yeah. got, a, uh, I got, I got a soft spot for that one. Yeah, I think... One and two, I'm always back and forth on which one I like the most. Like, and I think mm-hmm. I, I think part of it is like, if I didn't have a love for superheroes like before that point, which I did, it's like, but that was yeah. like the thing that solidified like this is amazing. Yeah. Like why? Yeah, and, and 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 I was uh so I know I've talked about this before, but I had a, bo- a long box of comics. Half of them were Spider Man, <laughs> Amazing Spider Man, and so I grew up with Spider Man. I love Spider Man. So the fact that they were making one. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so oh. cool. And I do want to mention as well, actually, just um, a little like technical thing for it, just because it's going to come up in the second one as well. 
Um, Sam Raimi tried to do as much of this movie as possible with practical effects and in-camera shots. He tried to minimise the amount of CGI that was needed for it. Obviously, there is CGI, and obviously it was like 2001, 2002, so it has not yeah. aged well. But like he tried to be practical, and a lot of the stuff holds up that's practical. Yeah. You see all the yeah. practical effects still holding up. Well, and I think a lot of Doc Ock stuff in the second movie, especially, because that's a lot I'm... of his tentacle work was... was oh, yeah, that's why I wanted to mention it, because I yeah. wanted to jump into the second movie before we get too late, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all practical effects as well. Like, literally, Doc Ock's arms, almost every shot of his arms are practical effects. Like, if you see them, yeah. like, hovering behind him, there's somebody controlling that in almost every shot. Yeah. Like, there's a few CG ones, obviously, but, like, for the most part, like, yeah, he's, he's wearing a rig and someone's controlling those arms. Yeah. You know, and let can I just say Alfred Molina, dude. All right, so like you're William Defoe for Norman Osborn, my yeah. Alfred Molina for Doc Ock, I think is perfect. he was perfect casting for Doc Ock. Dude, he was like, all right. So his entire arc in the movie. So do we want to kind of like pull up and just at a high level talk about the plot of the movie? Yeah, let's just jump into the plot of this one because the first one I'll be honest with you, kind of get a bit off track. So let's jump into the plot. So the plot of the second one, it it pretty much picks up where the first one left off. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got that um, left off like he's not with Mary Jane although he's friends with her and like Peter Parker's still struggling through life we get all the fun scenes of him trying to deliver pizzas in a certain length of time because that's his job and like yeah. screws up royally and um, we get him then being late to like Mary Jane's recital and all this stuff um, but one of the exciting things going on is we get introduced to Otto Octavius mm-hmm. watch the start of this movie like that literally like the meeting the dinner scene the beginning of like him putting on the rig all of that stuff watch it he dude, makes he makes all octavius so likable dude the dinner scene like just the simple act of him like he's interacting with peter and he kind of leans back like he's impressed with peter like, oh yeah that's the type of stuff that like i think is missing in some of the newer movies like amazing spider-man and even kind of like tom holland spider-man a little bit is like he is freaking like ridiculously intelligent. Yeah, he's a like, genius. I think a lot I'm, of people don't remember that. I'm glad in Far From Home they started really playing that up for yeah. for Tom Holland Spider Man because it's like people forget he is really smart. Like he's he, he can go with some of the biggest. He's got and one of the biggest brains in Marvel. Yeah, um, it's definitely up there. And like to see him like obviously like Harry brings him in. Harry's still mad at him because mm-hmm. yeah, he's what Spider Man did and like he takes pictures of Spider Man. So like why won't you introduce him to me? Why won't you you should tell me where he is and all this stuff and yeah okay um it's an understandable journey for it just it's like a two hours of him doing pretty much nothing but that and yeah um there's nothing much more to say on it he just gets madder and madder at peter as he goes on and but he introduces him because he's a photographer for the bugle and like anything so he's just a photographer and then always starts to get to know him and starts to build a relationship with him and starts to connect and connect with his wife and and just is really impressed with them and wants them to be there like when they do the experiment and stuff and yeah it's like it's just it's so cool to see that scientific side coming out um, and also how that ends up playing into a factor later yeah and um, it then goes from that to and um, the experiment obviously Otto uses the arms and it goes horribly wrong yeah um, and he ends up getting taken to the hospital this thing has been fused to him these mm-hmm. arms he was using on the experiment are fused to him blows out the neural chip that controls it so you don't only get like doc Ock like fully like doing his thing 
You also had this scary, like, sentient AI, coercing him story as well, which I'm like... My favorite part is when he reaches back and he he realizes that it's exploded and then the tentacle comes around and looks at him and starts talking to him. Yeah, it starts talking to him and I'm like, you know, it's like, wonder where Venom got its ideas from. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. um, But yeah, like, so he starts talking to it and he starts... um, they start getting in his head and like obviously they want to continue the experiment that's what starts doc Ock off in his journey yeah um which leads to like the whole some of the big scenes with doc Ock. we start to see like the bank robbery scene They're so good that all right so that scene the bank robbery scene with him and him and spider-man and then the train scene oh yeah the train the train scene is like the best scene in the movie it's so good I, i'll put those against any villain fight spider-man fight in any movie i think yeah. they still hold up i think they're fantastically done um and like you said earlier i think the practical effects mixed with cgi in the right proportion are great and going back to what i was talking about earlier like i feel like the i feel like they really delve into the consequences of you know peter parker's decisions that he's make that he's making like for for, for instance the one you know where he's he has to save the train yeah. Like he he basically he uses every ounce of energy that he has to save that train, and he ends up passing out, and that cost him his um, his identity, his secret identity. You know, he's now unmasked, and people know who he is. Yeah, there's some real cost to, to that decision. That oh yeah, this, the tagline for this should be "Everyone knows who Spider-Man is." <laughs> yeah. Like he unmasks like to so many people in this. That movie. is true. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> it's like it's like literally ridiculous how many people see him unmasked in this. I was I always love that scene in the train though. I always love the fact like because I love the the fight and I love all that. But I always love the scene where like they carry him into the train and they lay him down. Yeah. And it's like it reminds me of that scene like in the comics when Lex Luthor becomes like takes over Barry Allen's body. Mm. Like in the Flash costume, he goes, "Ha ha! I can find out who the Flash is," and he takes it off and he goes, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> And yeah. like, I love that idea of like that. Yeah, you've revealed your face to everybody, but you're going to tell everyone he's a kid with brown hair, whatever color eyes. Like, you don't know who he okay. is. Like, he, he's maybe credited in the bugle for like his pictures, but that's it. Like, he's not like a well-known person unless you actually know him. Yeah, and let's be real. Those two kids who hand him back his mask and be like, "We won't tell anybody, Spider-Man." Like, really? Are we really going to believe those two little kids are? Well, yes, like I saw Spider-Man with their, his mask. And nobody's yeah, gonna... I would tell somebody immediately. I'd nobody's like, going to no, believe them. And then what you're going to do is not like saying, "Like, I know who Iron Man is." It's Tony Stark. <laughs> oh my goodness, I know who Tony Stark is. Like, nobody yeah. knows who Peter Parker is. Some random white blonde-haired kid in in uh, Queens. That's kind of like my thing at the end of Far From Home. To be honest, like the whole video in Mysterio, like revealing like Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and I'm like. That's only going to affect like twenty people, yeah. who actually know who Peter Parker is. Everyone else is going to go, "Who the hell is Peter Parker?" Yeah, the thing with that though is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Social social media is a lot more prevalent. So yeah, it's a lot more prevalent. Like obviously, we were research. in like the early two thousands. Like social media yeah. wasn't a thing at that time. Like I, I mean, like we were still. I think we were barely using like MySpace at that point, and it's like we yeah. hadn't gotten Facebook wasn't a thing yet, and Twitter and Instagram definitely weren't, and it's like. It's just so, it's so funny, but like yeah, I love that train fight. Like go back and watch that train fight scene. Like if you know that's the scene to watch back from this one. Like because you get them fighting on top of it, and you get you know then fighting on the side of it. Like Doc Ock's holding on with his arms, and Spider Man's like sticking to it. You get him like getting knocked off the side, swinging through the inside and back out onto the train. Yeah, you get so him getting good. knocked off and like sliding on the ground with webs on the train yeah. and well, like, pulling himself up again and. His whole battle on the side of the building with Doctor Octopus. Oh, yeah. I was like, what? 
Ooh, this is sweet. Oh yeah, he starts ripping buildings apart and Spidey's having to web it up and catch it. Yeah. There's that amazing scene where Spider-Man's on the side and Doc moves and this train's like here. Yeah. And he like he flattens his back. Yeah. And like he sticks to the side of it and stuff. It's Dude, like it's, it's fantastic. It's like you, you want to properly yep. use like their abilities and how would they fight on this structure that you can literally go around and go inside and all these things to it that's literally off the ground. Oh. Like they do it. Oh. It's so good shot is when dr Ock he gets in the train and he takes his arms and just shoves everything to the side i'm like oh dude that's so oh sweet. yeah i love that yeah. as well like the people step in the road to try and protect spider-man and it's like and he literally just arms through move yeah and there's like, so many there's so many cool shots in this movie that are iconic you know the whole flipping the car over peter parker's head when he's talking to mary Jane oh in the yeah throwing the money bags in the bank you know the oh, there's just so many cool like even like doc ock like on top of like the clock tower thing like just standing yes. there it's like and stuff it's like oh it's when, so when spider-man is trying to de unplug doc ock's machine and he's like got all of his strength and he's pulling on that huge those huge plugs i just so i i think i think out of all three i think this one for me i think is the best yeah i, I think a couple reasons one i think they tone down the campiness just just a tad yeah they do yeah. They, they do it's definitely not as campy there's definitely not as many cringy one-liners like spider-man yeah. quips but like in the first one he's got a couple of quips and a couple of like yeah <laughs> it's very like 1960s spider-man cartoon one-liner like I, I feel like the stakes in this movie like his personal decision consequences stakes are are very real and they're very yeah. prevalent like you see that in his relationship with mary jane let's talk about that because i was going to bring yeah, that up actually absolutely. of um so in the middle of all this in the middle of fighting doc hawk in the middle of all this stuff um we get like the lead up to it where like mary jane basically i don't know she kind of gets over peter and he decides he wants to be with her even though like okay you, you didn't want to be with her now you're all of a sudden like okay i will be yeah. Um, she ends up like meeting um, J. Jonah Jameson's son, John Jameson, the astronaut, who doesn't play a factor in the Venom symbiote at all, which is very sad no. to me. Because they did that in the cartoon, and I always that was when I got hyped when I heard him. I'm like, <gasps> it's going to be Venom. Yeah. I'm like, no, not a factor. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, well. so she goes and gets engaged to him, and she has this whole little side story of like, you know, she's with him, and they try to recreate the upside down kiss on the sofa and all this stuff and it's like it's clearly like she's with him and says yes to get engaged but she doesn't want to be with him and all that stuff in the middle he's a rebound guy he's a rebound yeah. he's a nice guy peter's not doing his thing so but in the midst of like battling doc hawk in the midst of all this stuff going on we throw in like one of the biggest um, spider-man storylines from the comic spider-man no more yep iconic shot with the the, the iconic the shot. Yeah, they even recreate the that. Game. The iconic shot yeah. of the Spider-Man costume so in the cool. trash can, him walking down the alleyway, yeah. literally taken from that front cover. Yeah, it was so cool. It's like it, it's so cool. It's such a cool recreated shot. Yeah. Um, so he starts losing his powers, which can I cringe at that a little bit because of like the, yeah, the, I would agree. Why? Yeah. Like Is I, just you, not you could, you could literally have done the whole thing of like he just decides I'm not going to be Spider-Man. Screw it. Yeah. And they would have got the same effect, like, oh, he's losing his power, so I'm like, so he's not really making the choice, it's getting made for him. Yeah, you're right. That's that's my only thing with that, and it's never explained, mm -hmm. like, he's just randomly losing his powers, and then all of a sudden, oh, they're back, they're fixed. Yeah, willpower. Like, <laughs> if, if it's just the fact that, like, he's not mentally in the right place, either tell us or show us that. That's, 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 that's my big thing for the movie, is, like, the Spider-Man No More story can be adapted for it, but kind of like you said, like, the organic web shooters... It makes sense for the Sam Raimi story, like, and well, he's yeah. got web shooters, but like, 
he's a kid in high school. How is he going to get the stuff to build web shooters? Yeah, I don't you're know. Going to I mean, but you know what I mean? You're going to explain all that stuff. You've got all this other stuff to add in. Oh, he's got organic webbing because, yeah, why wouldn't he? It's like, it makes sense in terms of the story. Like, I think you could have adapted Spider-Man no more in terms of the story and still yeah. gotten that same thing of having him, like, my best friend hates me because he thinks I'm not selling it Spider-Man to him. The girl I want to be with, I can't be with, and now she's about to get engaged to someone else. Um, I'm screwing up at my job. I'm losing jobs because of this. I'm not spending time with family. Like, Peter Parker, there is so much focus in this movie on Peter yeah. Parker's life. I love it. I love it. It's Which is the actual need. reality of being a superhero. Like, Which is what, what makes Peter Parker. Peter Parker's meant yeah. to be like this. If you read Peter Parker's stories, like he is the guy that's usually down in his luck and crap keeps happening to him. And yeah. and that's the whole point. Like He puts on the mask and he keeps going to Spider-Man regardless of what's going on. Yep. Um, but yeah, so you get the midst of this and he does the great walk away, which is phenomenal. And there's so many great shots of like the the raindrops keep falling on my head scene but i see what he's going for because that's the whole point it's meant to be this is the happy ending everything's going smashingly and it's always yeah, so yeah. so good and i love the fact they overplay that because usually i'd say that's cheesy but he's obviously overplaying it on purpose to show hmm everything's going great now yeah, yeah. it's like his ass citizens he, everything's fine yeah he's getting answers correct in the class it's like you know the police go by and it's like he just looks at them and takes this massive bite of a hot dog and turns around and walks away because yeah, like yeah. I don't have to deal with that anymore and all this stuff yeah. and it's, like, it's so much fun because it's like yeah because like, you can do all this stuff now and then you, yeah, get the, you get the amazing conversation that ends up coming up later though with Aunt May which apparently restores his powers because that's he starts being Spider-Man after that and never has an issue ever again. I'd say that that was prob that's probably when she finds out that he had a hand in not necessarily Uncle Ben's death, but the prevention of being able to find the killer. Like yeah. that entire exchange between him and Aunt May was like that was heartbreaking. Like, oh yeah, it was uh, like superbly, superbly good grief. It was it was done amazing by both of them, <laughs> Toby Maguire and I forgot her name, um, but lady who plays Aunt May. Oh, Rosemary. Let me pull up again. Rosemary Harris. Rosemary Harris, yeah. But yeah, yeah she's 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 amazing her. as Aunt May. I love her as Aunt May. She's so good and like she has two amazing talks with him. She has that talk during the Spider-Man No More thing where he literally tells her like what happened to Uncle Ben and that he had this big fight with him and he had a chance to stop the guy and he didn't and that's what led to him being killed and. And she just loves him. She yeah, just, because that's not a thing, right? Yeah, you see her processing, you see her dealing with it, and like the fact yeah. that like that he might have had a hand in it, and she just loves him because it's like it's not your yeah. fault. You didn't do it. Yeah, you you didn't that's do that, it's, and it's like good, you are so good. And then you see him talking to her out the back, um, in her backyard, and she goes into the whole big speech of like you know it's like missing Spider Man, and at this point you're like. I'm sorry, like, at this point during this talk, there is no way in the world she does not know he's Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm does. sorry, she clearly does. I'm like, either that or it's the most heavy-handed, like, lecture talk ever. <laughs> and I'm like, she's clearly like, okay, you've had your time, we need Spider-Man back. And it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. she's obviously worried about him and doesn't want him to do it, but, like, she's clearly, like, she's almost shades of, like, the Into the Spider-Verse Aunt May, who's, like, completely on board with it. Like, that's what she could have became. Like the anime that's completely on board with helping him and keeping him safe. Like making his costumes and stuff. Yeah, I want to see that anime <laughs> in a live action one. Like that, that should be anime in the comics. Do that with her. Um, yeah, but that I think 
I, I think what this movie does really well is just there's just a ton of complicated relationship stuff in the movie with all of the characters, all the main characters, and, and yeah. I think especially between Peter Parker and Aunt May. I, I mean, it's it's just so good. Yeah. So he ends up getting the mask back on. He ends up going back out. Um, what's his face? Harry ends up getting Doc Ock to go after him because Doc Ock needs stuff to power his machine. Harry can provide it, but he's like, bring me Peter Parker or bring me Spider Man. Um, so he goes after them and um, he goes after them to try and get it and he brings Spider-Man to him and I forgot why does he want Spider-Man like at the end of the movie does he just want to like kill him I forgot well why does he want him at the end oh no 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 I'm sorry never mind I got it the Harry wanted Spider-Man got yeah the Harry it. when he grabs Spider-Man he takes him back to Harry and it's, like, it's not even a big build up Harry literally just whoom mask off he and drops the knife and has to deal with the fact it's Peter and I've never to this day understood why Peter didn't tell him your dad killed just killed himself. I didn't yeah. do it. Well, there's a lot of movies that do that. I'm like, dude, just tell him the truth. Yeah, because like, he's like, gonna do what he wants. That's just even talking about like in Spider-Man Three when we get the Butler, who like how many years after Norman Osborn dies comes back and goes, "I cleaned your father's wounds and he killed himself with his own glider." Like, yeah, you could have stopped all of this, you <laughs> jackass, if you just told him this earlier. Thanks a lot. It's like, Alfred. but like, even then, like Peter Parker could literally have went, "Look, Harry, I know this is hard to take in, but I fought your dad. He killed himself with his own glider. Yeah, he accidentally did it. It was no one's fault. We were fighting. I was trying to stop him, but he died. It's like, yeah. but I need to go after Boom. him. Done. Yep. And like that could have just changed everything. Like even in the third film, he doesn't do that. But the third film's got all its own issues. Um, oh my gosh. But like so, yeah, he goes after that, and then we get the whole like Doc Ock coming after them in the cafe scene and stuff as well. Um, is it which is talked about? Lee talked about the dive, that iconic scene, the car coming through, and him grabbing Mary Jane and ducking. They pay homage to that in Spider-Man into the into the Spider Verse. Yeah, intro. It's so good. Um, but yeah, if you watch Into the Spider Verse, the original Spider-Man that and the original Peter Parker that dies. Spoilers, but it's like ten minutes into the movie. Um, is is very heavily hinted at to be this Spider-Man, like yeah. this version of Peter Parker, and that's yeah. what happens. Um, so yeah, it's like that's awesome. Because even even references like the dance and stuff from like the third one and all that, so it's quite cool. But yeah, so like he ends up going after. He takes Mary Jane, which I love the fact he's meant to go after Peter Parker for information, and he throws Peter Parker with one of these things against a wall, and it's like, dude, you don't know he's Spider-Man. He's dead. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like. But like um, so he goes after MJ and like he then goes after him. They end up down at the docks, and um, where she's being held, and um, well he's trying to set off his whatever it is it's doing the nuclear bomb that's going to give the new energy source or <laughs> yeah got the MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he gets there and that's when we get the other like you know mask reveals of like he reveals himself to MJ. Not on purposely, like the mask comes off and she sees it's him, and it's like, thank goodness, everything's explained. She's been kind of putting it together, like over the past two movies. Yeah, right? she's been kind of getting an idea yeah. that something's going on, and that's kind of like that. the upside down kiss, like you know that type of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like a callback to that. And she's like, hmm. you know, it's like, so there's definitely stuff like that where she's been piecing it together, but she finally sees it, and yeah. the great moment where, like, where the building starts to collapse on her, and he just catches it. Yeah. Um, and stuff and then she goes to hide at the side and he ends up going in after Doc Ock and talks to him as Peter 
amount I used to get through to him, which I love. I love the fact it's not Spider-Man that wins the day. I love the yeah. fact it's Peter Parker connecting to Otto Octavius. It's not Spider-Man and Doc Ock at that point. Yeah, I love that. And I love like, the ending of that movie. Yeah, and, it's like, and he tells him, and he ends up taking back control of the arms and like tearing the whole thing down and like sinking yeah. it into the water. It's like, it's so cool. It's yeah, such I a good that. ending and such a good redemption arc for Otto as well. I agree because you see at the beginning of the movie you see a kind very intelligent scientist who just wants to help people and at the end of that movie you see the same person who yeah. just has you know the the tentacles and stuff like that. yeah he forces his willpower through to take control of them yeah it's so good and then the end of the movie obviously wraps up with the the wedding taking place and the wedding doesn't happen because mg runs away in our wedding dress and runs through a very sunny shiny new york to get to Peter's apartment and basically tell him, like, I don't care if you don't think we should be together, I get to make my own choice. And and wants to be with him and they kiss and embrace and then they hear the radio scanner. He jumps yeah. out the window and goes off and then the shot kind of closes in on her and we get that sad, forlorn look, like foreshadowing what's to come. Yeah. How do we feel then about Spider-Man 2? I... It's probably one of my one of my favorite Spider-Mans. I feel like Doc Ock is probably top two villains of any Spider-Man movie. Oh yeah, I think Vulture is probably number one for me from Spider-Man: Homecoming. But uh, Doctor Ock is so. I think his entire arc, his whole redemption arc, and him as a character, Alfred Molina playing him, the special effects, the CGI, everything about him, I think, even his interaction with other characters is just so good, and he poses such a real threat to Spider-Man. Um, I, I love the movie. I love the it, again. It's it is what it is. It's a it's a campier version of Spider Man, uh, not as campy as the first one, which I think is why it's my favorite. That and Doc Ock. Yeah, so. definitely an amazing movie. Absolutely, I love Spider Man too. And, and I mean, we're pretty much almost like twenty years past these two movies. Twenty fifteen years. Crazy. Um, it's so crazy. And these two still hold up. Like they still there's obviously stuff that yeah. hasn't aged well, and the CG doesn't look great, but. Yeah. Overall, I'm like, these movies actually still hold up solid. They hold up better than the Amazing Spider-Man movies, let me put it that yes. way. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I still like the first Amazing Spider-Man, but like definitely compared to these, like the Sam Raimi ones, like you get a new appreciation looking back on them 20 years later, you know? Yeah. Alright, are we doing this? Uh, do we need to? Do we need to do this? Alright, let me go first. I don't, I don't want to relive this. Alright, did you want to just hit up the plot real quick of Spider-Man 3? What? So we can get this do we have time? <laughs> oh, we don't have to go over the whole plot. No, I'm saying it's like, do we have time? There's so many plots to it. There's like 15 plots uh, in this movie. I'm like... Um, at a high level, they try to introduce way too many villains. The stakes don't really matter. The backstories are rubbish. Uh, and it ends up right where it started. How about that? There you go. Spider-Man 3, everybody. <laughs> Alright, so... Oh, right, let's... Let me see... Yeah, let's let me let me start. Yeah, let's delve right. into this. Let's do it. So this one was the one I was actually most excited about. You, everyone knows who's been listening to this stream for any amount of time that I'm a huge Venom fan. I'm a huge Todd McFarlane and Mark Bagley Venom fan. I'm a huge Venom two to three times the size of Spider-Man fan. And I, I recently heard a, a an interview that Todd McFarlane did with uh, Collider. The YouTube channel Collider, and they were talking about his opinion or what he thought of Venom introduced into Sam Raimi, and he made some really good points, which is my thoughts exactly. Venom is meant to be a physical threat to Spider-Man. 
like an a- actual physical as in size threat yeah Todd McFarlane even said who was the one who created who who helped create venom the venom we know today that in a one-on-one fight you know venom would probably beat peter parker oh yeah that being said peter parker is way smarter so there's there's ways around that but in a one-on-one just pure strength venom would destroy peter parker oh yeah i mean venom's like a predator he's yeah you know i remember when the trailer came out and it showed the scene of the of the bell tower at the bottom of the bell tower and topher grace falling on the ground and the venom i analyzed every every freaking frame of that to to like anticipate the venom that i would see and then we got the one that we saw i was gonna say and how wrong were you because none of us could have imagined oh so the campiness that was in the first one that i was not a fan of was like at a three or four out of out of ten now the spider-man 2 was at like a two spider-man 3 was at like a 48 it was just like through the roof just way over the top i think Topher grace venom was the why i was excited about this movie the most no question about it i wanted to see venom live action and yeah. they just they seriously dropped the ball yeah so let's seriously. let's do that let's go through the villains because we've got a variety yeah. of them um so yeah starting with venom like i remember talking to my friend callum i remember literally talking about this movie when it came out and i still watched um, WWE big time like wrestling and big time when this came out mm-hmm. um, and brock lesnar had just literally came on the scene in wrestling mm-hmm. And literally, literally we looked at each other and went like that. That's what Venom should look like in this movie. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's the shape that Venom should be. Like Brock Lesnar, this massive muscle-bound guy. Like that's literally the shape he should be in. He should be that big, physical, imposing sort of character. For all the hate that Venom movie gets, they got Venom look his size perfect. At least he looked like Venom. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and then you've got Topher Grace who. Oh my gosh. God, love Topher Grace. Somebody else does. All, Thor's casting, I think, of anyone in any Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, like, he was... It was so bad. Like, even they play Eddie, like... Do you know who Eddie Brock is? He's this amazing, complex character. With such an amazing, rich backstory, you know, that you could have dove into. Yeah. From his Catholic upbringing, to his abusive father, to him, you know, his wife ends up leaving him because of all the crap that Spider-Man does, that's why he hates him so much for it, for yeah. you know, for you could have dove so much into this build-up and we get this wee weedly guy who, had a Spider-Man ruin his career because he photoshopped a Spider-Man picture of leaving the crime scene which, like, really? That doesn't even look real it's like, he photoshopped that and like, oh yeah, he's dating Gwen Stacy but he's not Adds. dating. But he's not dating Gwen Stacy because she says we're not actually dating. We went out once. Ads. Ads says Spider-Man Three was an arrow to the heart. I had high hopes for Venom. I did too, man. I did too. Literally like just killed this franchise. Like this was going to keep going. They were yeah. planning the fourth one, and then this just bombed. Yeah, and it's I just like, like Topher like Grace said, was I, so bad at this role. Like, he was not and meant for this. He's a great actor. He was just so wrong on so many he different was, aspects. He was the wrong choice, and even the portrayal of Venom. I'm like. Can I ask as well, like, why does he have to talk with his face showing once he has the symbiote? With those nasty, like, pulled back. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, he's got this nasty, so like, thing. It cro- comes back over his face anytime it's he talks. So he, like, talks. It's like pulling, like. I think he says one thing while actually Venom, and that's when he's talking to Sandman, and, like, the last word of the sentence he says, the Venom face comes back over. 
Yeah. Not to mention, why does he have fangs? It, com- I know, it comes as, back. As Eddie Brock. It comes yeah, back, oh, and Eddie Brock's yeah. got fangs, and I'm like, no, Venom's meant to have fangs. Yeah, Venom's meant to be big and scary. Eddie Brock doesn't have fangs. He's a human. Venom talks with this distorted voice. Like that's something they got from the the Venom movie as well. It's yeah. got a good distorted voice on it. Like that's what it's yeah. meant to be. That Venom well, voice and speaking. The, and the- and the symbiote is sentient, obviously. It's sentient, so it can talk to the host. And that's, I think, one thing that Venom, the movie, does really well. Yeah. It's like, so, he was just a complete wrong choice. Not to mention the fact of, like, he was shoehorned in at the last minute. You know the studio wanted Venom in this movie. You know, One thing I will say. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just saying, you know they pushed for him to be in this movie, and it just, Sam Raimi obviously hadn't planned for him. Yeah. One thing I will say is that I was looking up the credits on all three Spider-Mans, and I know, like, the studio gets a lot of flack for Spider-Man 3, but, I mean, Spider-Man 3 was the only one where Sam Raimi was the director and the writer. So, he had more say in the third one than he did in the first two. Yeah. So, you know. I don't, I mean, I, I, I definitely, there's definitely blame on the studio's part, but I, I think there's some, yeah. there's some culpability on Sam Raimi's part. Oh, yeah, I think there's definitely some culpability. He was in charge of it. Um, I give it to the studio as well, though, just because we did see them recreate most of those issues in Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2. They literally made the same mistakes. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, so, like, Venom is there, and then he's, him and Eddie are killed at the end. You know, spoilers. Yeah. I'll spoil it for you. If you don't know it, don't go watch it. It's not worth your time or your sanity. Uh, they do i mean one cool callback is they do kind of separate eddie and, and the symbiote with like sound yeah they do the sound wave stuff they set that they set that up great with the bell tower they do the bell tower scene to separate yeah. peter and the symbiote and then they separate yeah. them okay i can i bring this up because we're talking about the symbiote and i need oh. i need i need to bring this up should i start dancing <sighs> yeah. i wear my hair like all greasy and emo like no, I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking about that. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, that's that's a whole rant in itself for for emo Peter. Can I? Can we just talk about the fact of like how far from the comics the suit went? The whole point of the alien symbiote. Peter gets it during a Secret Wars event. Obviously, they can't do that. The thing attaches to him and doesn't come off his body. It's a parasite. It's a symbiote. Symbiosis. It, it has to live attached to something. You mean it's not something that he can put <clears throat> in a trunk to take off? Is that what you're saying? It stays <laughs> attached to him. It corrupts his mind. That's why he starts getting darker. It's a suit unto itself. It doesn't attach to the suit. Because we see it climbing in the bed and climbing over his body. Yeah. And then, first of all, can I say how horrible that black suit is? Why is there still webbing on it? Yeah, it's so Just awful. do the black suit. That, okay, that's one. Let me. Sorry, I, I know I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you continue, but I'm not a huge fan of Sam Raimi's suit design. I will say that. I'm not a huge fan of the 3D webbing. There, I said it. We can continue. Sorry. I'm okay with the first, the, the original Spider-Man costume for it, but like the black one. Why is there webbing on the black suit? Yeah, doesn't make sense. And then like when he gets home and stuff, he like he takes it off and puts it in the closet, and I'm like, that defeats the purpose of it taking over him. Why do you need a belt ever to get rid of it? Just make a new Spider-Man costume and throw that in the trash. Hmm, should I wear the murder Spider-Man outfit or should I wear the patriotic one? It's that you keep putting it on. Like you can take off the outfit. Apparently that gets rid of it. Toss it. Like that makes no sense. And then like he goes to the bell tower and it comes off of him. But it comes off of him and he's naked. He's not wearing a Spider-Man suit. Yeah. And it's like, but attached to the suit because you can take it. Did it just become a suit? Ugh. In which case, yeah. why don't you just put on the other suit? Like, 
that goes to show you that they they had no understanding of that entire like section of it's only like one of the biggest spider-man stories ever <laughs> like you can't do research really but yeah, like, I, I had to mention that because no one talks about that and it bugs me so much. That's, like, a, that's a really good point. I never it's really like, even it's corrupting that. his mind and I'm like, why? He's not wearing it. Yeah. It, he took it off. Why is it still corrupting him? Why is he yeah. going about his emo, Peter? He put the suit in the closet. <laughs> yeah, I put in my notes, one of the cons is the way that the symbiote was treated. I just, I, they just didn't understand that whole thing they didn't oh, understand yeah. it and they tried to shoehorn it like you said into the they had no clue the, what they were doing with that like you could easily have done that and still done the black suit and done it so well yeah and uh, we'll get to emo peter that's a rant in itself let's go back to the villains <laughs> that's that's a whole other oh, thing that's not oh, even no. a symbiote thing that's just a what the hell were you thinking yeah yeah it was so bad so uh, let's let's, let's talk about and Carnage will be in the house. I know, I'm super pumped about that. Yep, Carnage will be in the house, played by Woody Harrelson. Did you ever think that would be the casting we'd be talking about? I'm still holding out hope. Wasn't a huge fan of the clown wig at the in, in the end credits of Venom, but we'll see how it happens. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so let's let's talk about New Goblin. Oh, what do they call him? Uh, what do they call him? Proto Goblin? Is that is that his official name? Right? It's like Proto Goblin or New Goblin or something. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just Harry See, as campy as the Green Goblin suit was in the first one, at least it looked like a Green Goblin. He looks like he's going snowboarding. Yeah, and he decided to steal some Shredder gauntlets and put them on his arms. Shredder gauntlets, that's hilarious. Like, like these claws issue. come out. Apart from that, he looks like he's about to go snowboarding. Yeah, it's awful. And this the ski goggles, really, really ski goggles. Can we, can we talk about the fact that and like a that, paintball mask? Paintball he's mask. literally in the new goblin is literally in the first ten minutes, if that, and that's it. He comes back at the end for the whole finale, but like that's it. He's he's just like Doofy Harry that's got a concussion and can't remember anything and amnesia. It's like, and how did Peter Parker take him out? This epic CGI fight. Because that's what we wanted was a CGI fight between them. Like falling down the building, going through the side of the building and all this and battering back and forth. Doo -doo -doo -doo. How did Spider-Man take him out? A tripwire. He stuck a web across the alley, held the end, it literally made a bedung yeah. noise as he hit it. Like and then he bounced off his stuff and I'm like Dude, how did he not die? Oh, because he took he, I was literally it. thinking about that, I'm like, he took goblin stuff and I'm like Peter didn't know that though. You don't know he's yeah. taking goblin serum. You just know he's on a glider. You just he's killed your former best friend. Yeah. You just downright yeah. murdered him. It's like he fell from that height. He bounced off of so many things. <laughs> hit the ground hard. I'm like, yeah, he dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No wonder he, he had amnesia. <laughs> yeah, three whole... concussions in the one move. It's like. I don't have much to say about him. It was just awful. The one thing I will say is I'm a sucker for a good redemption story. So I did appreciate at the end how they all three of them because they they've been a, in a relationship triangle of s some shape form yeah. since the first movie and I appreciate how they kind of closed that up. That's why I wish that had been more of a focus for it. Like if you want to include Sandman and bits, still yeah, because we could at least yeah. have Peter going off the rails with it. But like include the Harry stuff because like that's been the story. The story has been Peter Harry and Mary Jane for the yeah. three movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so he gets his doesn't get his memories back. Mary Jane's starting to feel the whole abandonment stuff that Peter was kind of feeling left out in the first movies. Because now Spider Man's getting celebrated. He even does like the upside down kiss. Yeah. 
um, like with Gwen Stacy. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Which of course she's mad at, and like he's at the point where he's going to propose, and I'm like, Peter is like literally without even having the black suit. Peter is either the most naive man in the world, or one of the biggest douches in superhero super movies. Yeah, like he did that kiss, and then I was literally going to go and propose to her. Yeah, and it's like, really? Like you don't Do you see, not think that one through. That was that wasn't even like a case like oh you kissed another woman. It's like no, you did your kiss, your you first kiss, kiss with Mary Jane, the upside yeah. down kiss with Bryce Dallas Howard. It's like with Gwen Stacy. It's like really, dude, you were going yeah. to get engaged. You're going to propose to her after that, and like she obviously then starts feeling that left to the side because he keeps going off to be Spider Man and is very focused on that and like doesn't feel like he's listening to her problems. So she starts to go back to Harry. We get a little bit of him, like Goofy Harry, is like one of the comedy things of this movie. Of like, so Dang. Good. He's eating the pie. It's like so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's a big goofy grin, like <laughs> the whole movie. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> he has a great smile. I mean, I'll, I'll, it's I'll like on yourself, James Franco, because you you made that work as best as you could, man. Good for you. And they obviously are making stuff. They kiss. She runs off. And then Harry gets his memories back. Dun dun dun. Yeah, and he's, I, I love the the criticism of like that. Basically, I'm going to go after him, unless you break up with him and do all this horrible stuff. So she goes and breaks up with him on the bridge, and it's like, I love like literally everybody says the same thing. Like you could literally go up to him in that bridge. He doesn't have a mic on you. He can't hear what you're saying. And let's go. Yeah, by the way, Harry's like got his memories back. He's the evil. He's told me that I have to come and break up with you. He's hiding in the bushes over there. If you want to go and kick his ass. <laughs> a good point i didn't even think about and it's that. like there's literally no he doesn't even have like a wire on or like he's not even listening in they're like oh, wow you're way too trusting harry that she's going to just not tell spider-man that you've got your memories back and the fight goes on like it's like just say i'm gonna slap you right now just to make it look extra real and just run away crying like you're really good at <laughs> yeah like just like there's literally no reason for that breakup there's no reason for it there except to get another um toby mcguire meme oh my god <laughs> 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 so bad the tears like streaming down the face and i'm like really I feel like i feel like they had like 23 different writers in a room and they each took a like a 28th of their script and and like and just merged it together. it together can I also say how stupid it is by the way like he goes to talk to harry in like a coffee shop and and um, tell him about the breakup and stuff and he tells him like i'm the other man you know i'm the other man yes yeah. and he he walks out across the street and then for no reason decides to stop and turn and look at him and Harry just like looks around and gives him that <laughs> and then a, then they literally do it a bus goes by and he's gone yeah how yeah I don't know you're in a coffee shop watch the guy in the background like when Harry disappears there's like a dude in the background watch him like looking like what did that dude just hide for <laughs> why is that dude like lying on the floor and crawling <laughs> yeah. away it's like it's like literally it's like the dude is like, I never noticed it until someone pointed it out and I'm like the dude is literally looking like what's he doing like, oh my god! How did he get it. away? Like, did he just like run behind a wall or like run for the back door? Like, you're in a coffee shop. It's not like you can just disappear. You're not outside doing it. You're not freaking Michael Myers. You know what I mean? It's like... That's so funny. So yeah, we've got that, and then the Sandman, um, and then like we get Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi? No, that's the director. What am I talking <laughs> about? We get Peter Parker. Like, is emo Peter Spider-Man coming to the apartment and I feel and like beating the crap out of Harry and blowing him up. 
Because he throws, he, he literally just, I love the fact at this point of like, you realise how much he was holding back during that first fight. Like he literally wrecks Harry, he throws him through like glass shells and all this stuff. Yeah. Throws a goblin bomb, at, a pumpkin bomb at him and he literally just webs it and swings it back and blows Harry up. Blows half his face off. And then like he just, and then he leaves and it's like, and then the butler decides to come in and do his whole redemption arc and go, I cleaned the wounds that you're on your father, I removed the glider from him. Couldn't you have done this like at the end of the second, uh, the first movie, start of the second movie, like? And he's like, you do realize Peter Parker just tried to murder me, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like. You couldn't have said that before that happened. I, you couldn't have said that before. Like my, I tried to like ruin my best friend's life and like have him murder me and like all this <laughs> crap that's happened. Like literally, it's, it's literally the butler's fault. Their relationship has fallen apart for the last two movies. <clears throat> but he then obviously goes and he. <clears throat> Helps Peter, and it's a really cool kind of team-up point. I really like it, the the Proto-Goblin teaming up with Spider-Man. I think it's a really cool scene, to be honest, that the two of them fighting Venom and Sandman. It's cool scene. Yeah, I do like that. I it's like cool that. seeing Harry's redemption and him and Peter teaming up, and then yeah. obviously it ends in the sad ending that's meant to happen. It ends up in Harry's death, which is like... Of course it does, because it's kind of like it ties the nail on that, the ties a bow on that, and like that's the end of that story arc. Yeah. Uh, so Sandman. All right. So I remember, uh, for those of you who grew up in the 90s, I remember the Spider-Man animated show. Uh, and I remember Sandman on that show. And I feel like I feel like they did a really good job aesthetically of showing they Sandman. They literally found a dude that looked like Flint Marco. Yeah. Like, you hold him it, up it against, perfect. like, pictures of Sandman. Like, it literally looks like him. It was perfect. That being said, what a shoehorned piece of plot into a movie to just progress a visual villain do you know That's why all that do you know what he's in he's there for like the visual effects and he's also there because it means that spider-man can go like r-rated violence without actually like bloodying and murdering yeah, someone he shoves his face into the side of the train you see all the like the sand shaking away and then like yeah, when he yeah. literally floods sandman and it looks like he kills him yeah. It's like, what? Gonna, we need to have him, like, going dark, but we're also, like, PG, so we can't have him go that dark. Like, he... Alright, so he breaks out of prison. He's wearing... He's legitimately wearing the Sandman uniform in prison, the striped shirt or whatever, and he fall. He mysteriously finds this scientific experiment <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and falls into a pit and happens to get... Oh, I love the scientists in that as well. Oh, there's a new mass in there. It's probably just a bird that will fly away. It's like... Maybe we should check that before we turn on the dangerous machine. Yeah, maybe there's a human-sized something in there. How about it's like that? that? It's like it's probably just a bird that'll, be, that'll fly away. Like, will it really cost you that much time if you take two minutes to send a guard over to go Can and have a look and go, "Hey, dude, there's there's a guy in here." Do we have any lights on the machine? Yeah, like, do we have a camera on it, like watching what? Because they're like they're looking at like stuff. Like, you don't have a camera on it that's watching what's going on. Like something, check it. Something went in there that's not meant to be in there. And I'm like, yeah, because you know how scientists are very like that. They go very willy nilly and just half ass stuff. They just, you know, they don't they don't check. They're not very precise with their stuff. They just go, ah, it'll be fine. That's how all scientists operate. Didn't you know that? Gosh, it's like, oh my so goodness. Bad. It's like oh, every bad, single man. man in that room that helped that experiment. Like, you're responsible for Sandman. Every he one of you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> every one of you have just murdered a human. You. Although, I do have to say, when he wakes up from that and he starts pulling himself together, yeah, that's so cool. it's one of the best scenes so in the movie. Cool. Like, seeing him re, just like reforming himself and trying to pull himself back together and like 
function and find out what's going on. He grabs for the lock. He grabs for the locket and his hand goes like through. It goes through his hand yeah. and he drags. It's like it's so cool. Can I mention well, that? Can I mention that locket by the way, just quickly? That locket's got a picture of his daughter, right? He gets it from his daughter. What kid carries around a locket of themselves? <laughs> of himself. I seen it again. I watched a re like oh, someone talking funny. about it to get her like uh, up to date with everything again. Like someone reviewing it a little bit so I could like, yeah. refresh myself. And they mentioned that like I never thought about that. He gets that from his daughter. I'm like, is that something like he gave you when he went to prison? Maybe. Normal kids don't have. Lockets. Why do you have a locket of your own picture? Like it's a bit weird, but yeah. yeah but that's a beautiful I, I will agree. scene. Though. I I think the um, I think the aesthetics of Sandman are amazing. Yeah, the effects are but really cool. I think cool. he's one of the most unnecessary aspects to any Spider-Man movie. Ever. He could have got a movie himself. Like you could have really fleshed out Flint Marco and done something cool with that character. I honestly feel like like there was enough there of like that that could have been built to something. Yeah. Like literally like you could have like i'd have loved to have seen like the proto goblin in three and then in four do the black suit arriving yeah. and do like the him and flint marco so you can do the him going dark if you want and like build that into a whole movie and then lead into the fifth one being venom you know i feel like they had all right they were like all right we have a hundred percent that we can devote towards a villain all right so why don't we just have four villains and we do 25 percent to all of them because yeah. that makes sense yeah, we're doing twenty five percent good. Because why not? That's that's never going to go horribly wrong, you know. We can do one. We can do one villain one hundred percent, or we can do four villains twenty five percent. Yeah, let's do that. Can that I, sounds good. Can I put it as well? Like he's a he's an escaped convict, right? Right at the end of that movie, like he's an escaped convict who teams up with Venom. Like he's he's doing the whole thing. He's a father that's trying to get money. He just wants to get money to for his daughter to get an operation. That's why he was put in prison. That's why he tried to steal money when Spider-Man first fights him. All that stuff. All that jazz. He then purposefully teams up with Venom to stop Spider-Man in the hopes of getting that money. And it's like, okay, that's a pretty crappy thing to do because like, you're watching this dude literally kidnap a woman and threaten her life. You're trying yeah. to steal stuff to help your daughter. No, like, you're, you're willingly going along with this. Yeah. You're not that good of a guy. And then right at the end, Peter just lets him blow away in the wind. And it's meant to be like a... It's almost like a symbolic thing of like, oh, he's dying. Like, no, we've seen him do this before. He can reconstitute himself. He's turned to sand before. Like, he's just... He's going elsewhere. Like, why are you just letting him walk away? Or float away? And it's like, we never go back to it. And I'm like... Yeah, they could have done... so. One of the cool things I thought they did was when he got into the water and he kind of dissipated and... And he reconstituted yeah. like that is a, I, I do like that fight scene, like with Spider Man yes. and him and the the train, and the underground train station, like it's so cool because like just seeing them fighting there, fighting between the trains and don't get me wrong, the CGI is a bit iffy now, but to be fair, it was like over ten years ago, so yeah, and um, it came out in like two thousand seven, so a year yeah. before Iron Man, you know, um, but yes, yeah, so like even like the fight and him pushing him against the train and then like he floods him and realizes he can't hold his body together. And like and drowns them out in the ocean and it's like it looks like that's the end of Sandman. It's such a cool fight. Yeah. So I do cool. I do enjoy that. Um It like it reminded me again of the animated Spider Man show where I I think at one point like he mixed somehow mixed cement or that might have been Hydra Man. He mixed cement with the sand or somehow and he like petrified Sandman to to actually stop uh, him. I think I, I remember I, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's like really cool. 
And like they, they just could have done a lot of cool things. Oh yeah, they could have done a ton of stuff with that. Um, all right, as we're pushing on in time, let's let's yeah, yeah. get let's get into this. There's superfluous characters such as you know Captain Stacy and Gwen Stacy who don't need to be in this. There's superfluous villains. There's a black suit that he can take off, although it's corrupting him for no reason. But you all know what we're going to talk about next. <laughs> I, need, I need to get it to one side. I need to get the hair grease, dude. Get the hair grease. The there hair. we go. I'm going to say it's like hair grease. I'm like I should have just not washed my hair. I shouldn't have had a shower. I would today. do it. I would do it, but I can't. I had a shower today. I shouldn't have had a shower and left it greasy and just let one side. You know. <laughs> Because we get, how do you tell that someone is becoming evil? Well, they have dark circles around their eyes. Okay? Dark circles around their eyes. Their, their hair, their hair gets darker so magically somehow. Yeah, his hair for some reason went black. Although at no point did he. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. There we go. And it, and it gets a lot greasier. It gets did greasier. You know that when you turn evil, your hair gets greasier. You didn't know that, did you? Well, you do I know. know. You do now. Yeah, you do now, and it's like and it automatically and you, turns you, black, you, even you, though you don't die yet, and. You, you spontaneously dance as well when you come out of doors, With a, you have uh, to put the collar up you have to get the the 80s like well not even 80s like, like 50s like villain with like the collar up on the jacket and uh, and also you shoot guns at people <laughs> which i love the fact that i saw somebody talking about that scene and i'm like i love the fact that even they don't know what they're doing with that scene because if you watch the women's faces they change every shot like the first set of women are looking at them like Ugh. Then the next set of women look at him like they're really into it and really turned yeah. on by him being like that. And then the next set of them look at him again like he's an idiot. And I'm like, you can't even decide if this is cool or not. That's so yeah. bad. Like, I don't understand how that got into production. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole scene with him and Gwen Stacy. Is it Gwen Stacy when he's dancing? Yeah, because stuff? he goes to the... Because like, cause, uh, Mary Jane loses her job. That's one of the big things in this one. That she feels that Peter's not listening to her. She loses her Broadway job that she had. And she ends up as a jazz singer and waitress at this little club. So he starts dating Gwen Stacy. As you do. And then you... He goes and takes her to this bar. Because why not? To rub it in my ex-girlfriend. And then... Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> the snap. <laughs> I forgot about the snap. <laughs> That's the best part. Oh, I love the snap. The it's like this, all this stuff with the chair, like the standing on it and flipping. That was it the and... first snap in Marvel is MCU. That yeah, was the first snap. <laughs> you have to get that like a fifties greaser snap. snap going on. It's, it's like actually called the proto snap, if the you will. Proto snap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's oh, so bad. It's the most like hokey thing in any of these movies. Is yeah, this so dancing like? Because Emo Peter's introduction and like the whole down the street thing is like it's ridiculous. Everything is ridiculous. It's so over the top. And you see him like acting like a jackass and stuff. Like he starts using like the girl that lives across the landing for him, but then also treats her and her father horribly and all this stuff. And it all culminates in this dance scene. So there's like levels <sighs> of campiness, right? There's like levels of over the top. There's like a subtle like campiness over the top that I feel like the first two Spider-Mans kind of weave in and out of. Yeah, like then that. there's a. Then Every superhero like, movie has a level of campiness to it because yeah. that's that, that's the world we're in. It's comic books. It's okay. There's also an <clears> over the top that like okay, that's too much. Like one, you need to pull it back a bit. All right, but then there's an over the top that's even past that where like they are taking themselves so seriously that they want to subvert the campiness of the campy movie, and it's just like it's like. Do you know what the thing that scares me is like this movie was made. And it went period. Through, and it period. Went, yeah, period. <laughs> and it went through people that are meant to check stuff. And they approved it. <laughs> and somebody watched us and didn't go, what the heck are you made? 
It's like uh, there's a Brian Regan who's a comedian. There's a skit where he goes, he's talking about serving sizes on containers, and he's talking about ice cream. A serving size is a cup. He's like, we're gonna we're gonna put it out like this, like this. We're this going out to production? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't understand that. Yeah. It's, like, it's absolutely crazy. Like I, I, the dance scene is so over the top because and it even kicks off weird. Like he goes in, he sits at the table. She doesn't notice him at first. And Mary Jane's called up to the stage to sing. She starts to sing. And doesn't see him come up onto the stage. Goodness knows, playing piano. goodness knows what happened to the pianist. Because there was somebody at that piano that is no longer there. <laughs> so either he's just shoved them at the road, he's knocked them out or something. And he starts playing this like amazing like jazz piano. And they're like, out of nowhere. And then does this weird like jazz salsa number. Where he brings like Gwen up onto the floor and like starts dancing with her and doing this big sexy dance because he's trying to make Mary Jane jealous, which of course rubs both women the wrong way because like at the end of the dance Gwen Stacy ends up leaving because he's like was that all for her? It's, I like, feel like it's so ridiculous and then and then they try to cap it off with a really serious moment. Yeah, because he slaps Mary Jane, and that's like oh his moment. God. That's like his moment of, oh my goodness, oh, this is, I've gone too far. Yeah. I need to get rid of this suit. Yeah. Which that's a great scene for that of like realizing that's the line he stepped of realizing how far he's gone. That he's not just rubbing this in her face; he's literally slapped her. Yeah. And I'm like, and but that scene trying to go into that, I'm like, no. All right. So if Sam Raimi was not wholly responsible for this awful mess of a movie, I feel like this was his attempt at just middle fingering everybody who was involved. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that whole that whole. Emo Peter thing was just his middle finger ever. I think I honestly think he was involved in that, and I think that I want I wonder how much of that was the studio or how much of that was him saying screw you to the studio because they yeah, kept getting involved. It was like you I know what like I am so going. To, over the top it's like it if you will not let me make the movies that I'm making and want to get involved, I am just going to give you a middle finger and I am going to screw yeah. this franchise royally. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it was so over the top that there was no way they could not have known how that would have been portrayed. Yeah, there's no way they couldn't have known. So I feel like he he was like, you know what? If you guys want this, then here we go. Middle finger. It's, it's still so bad. It, it didn't hold up at the time. I remember coming out of that movie theater being mad. I was furious with this movie yeah. that they had screwed yeah. up. Because I love the first two. And that, as I said, I still love the first two. They hold yeah. up really well. There's tons of superhero movies that do not hold up. And in an era when we've got the MCU, the DCEU, superheroes and TV, superhero and streaming stuff, there's comic book stuff everywhere. The first two Spider-Man movies still hold up, one hundred percent. This did not hold up by the time I was leaving the theater, let alone like twelve years later, thirteen years later. It just no. Yeah, it was it was awful. It, it's just so bad on so many different levels. I just remember when he bursted out of that wherever he was and started dancing in the entrance of that store. I remember thinking like. Is this real? Is this for real? Like, are they really doing this right now? Are they yeah, really doing watching Night it like, Fever? like, what the heck are you doing? Like, are they really? Are they really doing Saturday Night Fever right now? Like, I don't understand what's going on. I know it's just, it's absolutely nuts. It's absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah. So, final thoughts on Spider-Man Three? It should not exist. How about that? Yeah, pretty much. But like I said, it, it was definitely the one I was looking forward to the most because of Venom. Um, and I was just so, so disappointed. Um, it, they had they had cool plans for a fourth one. 
Uh, based off what I've been reading with Sinister Six and Vulture and Mysterio and Black Cat and all that stuff. But yeah, they had some good ideas yeah, and stuff. They had some stuff. They just ran this one into the ground, man. It's like they were going 45 miles an hour on a freeway, and they asked their son to take the wheel and jerk it hard right, and they flipped the car. <laughs> it just, it, it went horribly, and it's like, it's... This could have kept going. They could have honestly done some great stuff with this franchise. And then part of that, I think, is why people weren't ready for Amazing Spider-Man when it came out was because they had five years to make something. No one was ready for a reboot of that yet. Yeah. You know, that means within a decade we'd had two origin movies for Spider-Man. And it just... <sighs> but I feel, I feel like you and I are on the same page with the first two. Almost with everyone is... The first two are probably some of the best Spider-Man movies ever. Oh yeah, they hold um, up beautifully. They're, they're still phenomenal movies. It's like I love them. It's, yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, but Spider-Man three should not exist. Definitely. All right, guys. I think that's kind of it for the show this week. Um, there was a bit of news I did want to talk about at the start, and I'll be honest, it completely slipped my mind. So I want to kind of toss it in at the end here, if it's okay. Um, was literally the fact that there's been a massive stuff kind of going on with all the, the speak out movement and I just want to share something in chat if I can pull up the right thing nope that's not the right thing Paul, where did you put it Let's see. I'm going to put up some, there's been a lot of female streamers speaking out about horrible things going on as we're part of the streaming community now here on Twitch um, I did want to share a few links to a couple of female streamers that I am friends with, that I follow, that I enjoy and just throw them up in chat Go ahead and check out some of these amazing women. Go ahead and give them a follow. And there's been a whole lot of stuff of people speaking out and streamers getting banned because of horrible stuff that's been going on. Um, character limit is too much, of course it is. <laughs> character limit is 500. Alright. Well, it's not letting me post it in the chat here, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it up on um, social media. I'm going to shout out to some of these women. Go ahead and follow their channels. Because I want to show that, you know what, here as we are supporting like the Black Lives Matter movement, we're also supporting these amazing women who deal with stuff in chat that like literally hearing some of the stories when they were talking, we we're never going to deal with. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to make that aware, guys. Go and show these women some love. Go and be respectful in these chats. Don't be one of the jackasses. I know you're not. You're an amazing part of our community. Just keep that going. So I just want to throw that in there as well. I meant to mention it at the start. Um, apologies for not mentioning that I don't mean to cap off the episode like that but I wanted to at least mention so look out for that on social media I'm going to throw some of those links up um, also how do we feel about doing a raid should we go and raid someone sure let's do it let's see who is available on Twitch right now who should we go raid uh, try to raid someone different than behaving beardly and get kid dad although go and follow them if you're not already they're awesome guys um, let's read Bincari. He's a good friend of mine. Alright, guys, I'm going to put up the closing out thing. Um, have an amazing day, guys. Hope you all have an amazing Sunday. We will see you all next week. We are going to be continuing um, our look at the early 2000 episode uh, movies of superheroes. Next week's going to be kind of a, you know, a mix of everything because the other big series I want to give actual episodes to. So this is going to be the, the mixture of stuff next week. So I think we're going to look at stuff like the Fantastic Four movies, Ghost Rider, maybe even throw in Blade because although he was late 90s, he's still part of this sort of movement. Yeah. 
and yeah. so we're going to have a look at that sort of stuff superman returns you know these other like ones there that one part of massive franchises all right oh. but you guys have an amazing day you Thanks take care and we'll see you all again next week see you guys.